Hello, everybody. <laughs> and welcome back to One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. It's 11.03 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Miles. How's it, how's it hanging up in Sask? It's uh, hanging pretty good here, fella. Thanks for joining me on One for One After Dark. We're, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. It's, uh, it's October. It's, a sp- it's officially spooky. And uh, it's, it's nighttime. So uh, hopefully, you know, we don't, we don't get too scary or anything like that. And I think we're going to have fun today. No, I think we got a good, good app. Ep two season three is going to be, is going to be one for the You've ages. You've got that completely opposite. What did I do? Oh yeah. No, no, you were right. Yeah, I was Sorry. right. I just said it weird. Yeah, yeah. You just said it the opposite way. Making yeah. sure you're awake. Well, I am. I just, I just, I want to just clarify because it's spooky season. Make sure nobody listens or watches any, any uh, blank tapes that could possibly have some curses, uh, some, some some cursed footage in them, like some spinning, uh, some spinning wooden chairs or some uh, woman brushing her hair in a mirror. And uh, you've never seen The Ring, Miles? No, okay. no one. I... You didn't watch The Ring when you were a kid? No, dude. How many seasons of this podcast are you going to do before you you stop asking me if I've seen a movie? The answer is always no. Have you seen a scary movie in your life? Um, Oh, oh, this is a funny story. Um, I was back... Wait... One a long time ago, I was dating a girl who really liked scary movies, and she nice. made me watch one with her, and it was called Mama. And I don't think that that movie is even that scary, but it messed me up for quite a while. I also saw the first Insidious. I saw it in Ooh, theaters, spooky with my with my friends. Do you want to hear? This is a funny story for the pod. You're gonna like this one. I'd love to hear so, that. Uh, my friends and I went to insidious we saw it in theaters and yep. you know like the creepy red devil thing of course everybody knows yeah. that and the yeah. cuckoo clock right everybody yeah. knows that right yeah so cool classic whatever so we went on a thursday night because i think there was like the friday off or whatever because you're in high school and we just you know boys going out so that weekend we went to go visit my grandmother my mom and i so we're visiting my grandma we get it there. It's like seven o'clock. We have a little snack, hang out, play some cards, whatever, go to bed. And I'm sleeping on the couch. And I didn't realize it when we were all hanging out, but she had a cuckoo clock. Oh my God. I'd be so horrified. I'm laying in bed. I'm 17 years old. I'm laying on the couch trying to fall asleep. And it goes, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yep. I immediately Don't I like stood, that. stood up, grabbed my blanket, and went and slept with my mom. Um, Miles. That's okay. That's horrifying. And to piggyback off of your insidious thing, um, can we talk about the spookiest thing from that movie? Absolutely. Um, this. Oh no, that's. Not oh, good. is it the by the window? Yeah, nah, man. No, thank you. Yeah. God damn oh. it! I was gonna try and find a. I was gonna try and find a a, a spooky ass version of it. No, Nolan, I would certainly appreciate that you wouldn't do that because I know I will not sleep tonight. I can see you found it. Thanks, man. That's great. God, that is horrifying. Oh, that's... I just imagine... Oh, fuck yeah, that, man. It's oh, like the like middle it. of the day and no. some spooky little kids running around. Um, one for one after dark. Oh, it's spooky. It's so scary. Um... Anyways, Miles, it is a tea giving weekend. Um, how Gee. how how is the weekend going, and um, what are you thankful for? 
TGD Thanksgiving Day. Boy, um, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for a lot of things. I don't know how deep I want to get on the show, but thankful for my friends, my family. Um, you know, you might not always think that things are fantastic in your life, but 100 need, need, that's, that, that's the best way to put it. It ain't always 100, but you remember that you have a warm bed and food in your fridge and a couch to watch Sunday football on. And suddenly you realize your problems maybe aren't that big. So I am definitely feeling pretty good this weekend, had some good food with my family and just actually came back from a dinner shout out. Um, on my way out, I got handed a big stack of vinyl. My mom did Ooh. a little, did a little thrifting for me and she found me like eight vinyl records. So I've got a big stack to go through tomorrow. A lot of Merle Haggard. Nice. Uh, th- there was a uh, Livy Newton John album in there as well. Dude, uh, physical. Some- Cause I have that one. No, I don't remember which one it is. I really didn't get to look through them all that closely. I was literally on the way out and she's like, oh, sh- I got this for you. And I had like six albums handed to me. So there's some Anne Murray in there too. So I got nice. a nice little uh, some Willie Nelson. I got a good stack there. I'm looking you know forward to going through those. Do you know what's my favorite thing about um, any sort of thrifted or hand-me-down vinyl is the smell of it. Oh, and it's a unique scent. It's a very unique scent. It's kind of similar to like an old book. But yeah, it's, yeah, it but it's, it's that it's musty a good... cardboard. Exactly. And then I, I had a bunch of them that were, uh, I just got a bunch of shit delivered to me by my dad. And then it was like stuff I had from, from when I was younger. And I got a bunch of records from my aunt and it was, they were put into a rubber tote container and I ripped open that rubber oh. tote and pfft, marinating. Like, yeah. It's like I hit like a pipe bomb. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> The the folks that are listening to this that have experienced that and know what that is are gonna feel that through the speakers. Are gonna smell that through the speakers because it's it's a unique scent. Yeah, no one. They, they chuck a little on tiptoe. Stop that very much, or I'm gonna log off, and this is gonna be a solo. Ad, okay. What were you it saying? Freaks me out and it what, makes me really scared. I don't what were you saying? Kid. What were you saying, Miles? I got to talk about my Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? I understand you have a guest staying with you. I certainly do. Uh, she might even she might even pop down, and we and we might even get a little we might even get a little cameo from uh, from uh, Pat. Uh, my mother has come in has has come and uh, uh, visited, uh, darkened my doorway, as some might say. Um, has come and visit me in my new house, so that is really exciting. So she flew from Sask, and it's been a nice little visit so far. Did some. Did some shopping today. Uh, one of the most interesting parts of my day is I'm in a bit of a conundrum where I'm deciding whether or not I get rid of my projector in the basement because the the quality isn't quite where I want it to be. And so I think I might just buy a new TV. Um, might just say fuck it and just go for a new TV. But uh, like I said, I'm in a bit of a conundrum and trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to do that. So my mom has been a nice um, emotional support blanket for that. And so I've been able to uh, I've been able to do some shopping while also getting um, either criticism or compliments. And um, it's been nice. That's good to hear. I'm happy to hear that. Shout out, Pat. And yeah, I'm glad you're having a good Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, the actual dinner is tomorrow, so that that's gonna be that's gonna be quite delicious. We're gonna Hell go for yeah. a, we're gonna go for a nice little uh, a nice little uh, Thanksgiving lunch with Taylor's family. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm really excited. Um, I'm also really excited to uh, record this episode today with you, Miles. Heck yeah, man! 
would you mind if I ran through the agenda so that we can let everybody at home know what the heck's going on? That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Shout out baby back Billick for the comment. That was a nice one. That made me feel good. We love a, we love a Tim Robinson Easter egg every single day. We always do. So on season three, episode two of the one for one podcast, we are going to be getting into some heavy stuff. We're going to be talking about some preseason Oilers notes. The preseason wrapped up for the Oilers on Friday when they beat the Kraken. And in the coming days since then, there's been tweaks to who's been sent up, who's been traded, who's been left on the roster. A lot of cool things going on there. Oilers made some personnel changes as well. And um, some not so good things have also gone on with the Oilers affiliate down in Bakersfield. So a little news bomb got dropped today uh, that we are going to be chatting about as well. A very small bit of what Nolan has so um, eloquently called NHL shit. And then Nolan, last week it was meat and potatoes. This week it's turkey and gravy. This is the bulk of the episode. And that is our Western Conference preview, where we're going to be running through the Central Division and the Pacific Division. Um, Exact same format. So if you enjoyed last week, you're really going to like this one as well. Um, We are going to be doing a very deep dive in on the Oilers. A lot of hot takes, a lot of predictions for the season. So if you, if you were thinking to yourself last week, Hey, hang on a second. I thought this was an Oilers podcast. They barely even talk about the Oilers. Who are these guys? What do these bozos think they're doing? Uh, You're going to be getting quite a bit of it today. So excited for the season to begin. Excited to talk Oilers. Excited to talk hockey. Like I said, Turkey and gravy. Bada bing, bada boom. Nolan, kick things off. You are still very big on a certain somebody. I'm still pretty hard for Dylan Holloway. Very H for H. Yeah, I H to the Izzo, A to the Izze. I am got an erection for Dylan Holloway. Um, <laughs> we were last week, well, we got a little bit of a snippet in our last recording because he went nuclear in a preseason game against the Canucks. So what, what are you, what's Did, got you pricked we, up? So when we recorded last episode, had, oh no, we were in the middle of the episode where he yes, scored the hat trick. So yes, sir. Uh, the T the drag popped over the shoulder. Bingo. Yeah. Pretty, na- pretty nasty stuff. Needless to say. Um, yeah. Dylan Holloway was just a complete revelation through this preseason. Um, and obviously there's been a lot of discourse on whether or not that's really enough to get excited about. Obviously Euler fans know a lot about, preseason success and preseason heroes <laughs> and is blank the Ty, answer Ty, Ty Ratty, Magnus, Magnus Piarvi, Brendan Perlini <laughs> we hardly knew thee oh I'm hitting the rhymes tonight man we should Boy. start record we should start recording at like 11 p.m all the time uh but no this is uh so but I I think the the overall sort of uh rebuttal to that is that this is a guy that's super young, and the plays he's making aren't just complete luck of the draw plays where he's on a power play and he's scoring a hat trick. And it's like he's scoring goals in in um, very advantageous, I shouldn't say advantageous positions, but he's scoring goals in a way that you would score in the NHL. And I think that there's a lot that can be translated to the regular season. So needless to say, Oiler fans are getting very excited. He's worked his way up from a, a bottom six forward all the way up to playing with Connor McDavid in, I believe, his second last game of the preseason. 
So things are looking up for the Oilers, and things are looking up for Dylan Holloway. So uh, at this point, it's he's basically a lock to make the team. We, they haven't officially announced the 23-man roster, but I think it's safe to say that Dylan Holloway will be an Edmonton Oiler on Wednesday, October 12th. Woo! Yummy, Woo! yummy, yummy stuff. Um, should we go into a couple of the camp battles that uh, we wanted to go over? I think um, we sure should, Nolan, because the, the the big battle that, and you know, we this is going to be a nice little segue. We'll get back into the hallway, but the one that everybody's kind of keeping an eye on is that sixth defenseman spot. You know, Woodcroft likes to run seventy, likes to keep seventy, but more so, I guess, what we're going to be talking about is which defenseman is going to join that bottom pairing um when we started these notes i put broberg nimalainen and ryan murray kind of as the three that were the front runners and since then uh, nimalainen and brad malone sent were sent down to bakersfield on saturday so the note that i had included from a press conference with jay woodcroft that uh really stood out to me was the following it would be hypocritical if we came here and said there's lots of battles and a fight for ice time and then just had a set way of thinking that was decided in early september we're going to use our eyes and we can't be afraid to see what we see uh the reason that i included that is because essentially what he's saying is everybody in the media and on oilers twitter was saying that it was broberg season and that ryan murray was just kind of brought in on this little one-year deal um to be a filler, to be a Chris Russell replacement and move up if there was an injury and sit in the press box and, and rip popcorn. But throughout the preseason, we've kind of seen that maybe Broberg hasn't taken that next step as much as people thought he would, where he was just going to be plug and play bang defenseman. And Ryan Murray's really making it a battle. I thought Nimalainen was quite good as well in the preseason, just from an eye test. I didn't, I'm not going to get too deep into that, but I really did think it was a three horse race, but it looks like since then the Oilers have made it a two man race between Broberg and Ryan Murray. What are your thoughts? So I think that Nemo Linen is actually going to be called back up. Um, there's some cap chicanery that kind of has to happen is yeah. I believe Philip Broberg has to be on the opening day roster. And it's with regards to like his bonus structure, because you have to factor in um, you you have to be cap compliant because you have to factor in if Philip Broberg were to make or were to hit all of his bonuses this season. Um, so the 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 talk is is that Philip Broberg will be on the active twenty three man roster. Will most likely play the first game, and then unless he blows the socks off of the coaching staff, he'll be sent down the following day, and Marcus Niemelainen will be called back up, and then it'll be a kind of a flip flop between Ryan Murray and Marcus Niemelainen for the foreseeable future. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, there's been a lot of talk about Philip Roberg and the anticipation of how he was going to come into camp. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about the, the weight that he gained. Cause he was talking about how he put on all this muscle in the summer and looking like a thick, thick boy beefcake. And from all accounts, from most people watching the preseason pretty intensely, I, I've watched preseason, but I haven't watched it as intensely as I used to. Um, as far as I see it, when you make the postseason uh, and you go pretty far in the postseason, the last thing you want to do is get really in deeply involved into preseason. So, I mean, it's kind of a kind of a weird thing for me. But the talk is is that Philip Rober just hasn't been very good in the preseason and a lot of that has been he's been apparently a lot slower and a lot more sluggish and this might be due to the fact that he's not used to the weight he's put on 
So if it means that he has to go back to Bakersfield and really work on his skating and, and work on just being a little bit more dynamic on the ice, I just think that this team doesn't want to shelter him. They want him to come in and actually play meaningful minutes. And so you don't want to have a guy coming in and being subpar and playing at a um, at, a, at a level where you need to completely shelter him all the time. And instead, you want him to be ready. And I think that Marcus Niemelainen and, and or Ryan Murray, I've had, uh, which I don't side note tangent, I've actually quite enjoyed Ryan Murray from what I've seen. He's just been steady, and that's all they need. Exactly, man. Like uh, like I was saying previously, where he kind of got brought in to be this. I keep saying Chris Russell replacement, um, but he looks like a guy who like think about the team that he was on last year and the and the the role that he played on that Colorado back end. Um, he's got a lot of hockey left in him. He's still a young man, twenty. No, he's like thirty something. Uh, no, he's the same age as me, Miles. He's the same age as you. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm not calling you old. So he's mid to late twenties, right? And is that how we're gonna go? He's twenty eight. Oh, oh, we're going out tonight. So he's a young man. He's got a lot of hockey left in him. Um, he got, you know, I think he only played like twenty seven games last year in the regular season with Colorado. So legs got a lot of juice, and like you said, been happy to see the game that he's brought to this team. And just like Woodcroft said, we can't be afraid to see what we see. So if Ryan Murray ends up being that sixth defenseman and plays a lot of minutes for the Oilers, I'm certainly not going to be mad about that. And what what a nice position it's it is to be in, Nolan, that Philip Broberg doesn't have to be oh man immediately thrown into the deep end this and is, sink or swim. This is so cool having like full blown competition for and and we're gonna get into somebody who's actually quite earned a spot on this lineup that we none of us would have expected coming into this, you know, coming into this regular season. It's just the competition has been ramped up and it's been really exciting to see. And I'm wondering if we can kind of segue this into the next point, which is the forwards. I mean, um, obviously the, so the, the top nine has been kind of jumbled around. I don't think we have our for sure lines yet, but as it's sort of looking right now is our top line is most likely going to be something along the lines of Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, and yes, a pull Uh Second line being as it stands, Dylan Holloway, Leon Dreisaitl, and Zach Hyman. And then your third line is most likely going to be something along the lines of Ryan McLeod, Ryan Eugene Hopkins, and Kyler Yamamoto. And then a fourth line of like a Devin Shore, Derek Ryan, and uh, I, I will get into the new acquisition. I don't think he's going to play in the NHL just yet, but I think we're going to be looking at like a Devin Shore, Derek Ryan, and do-do-do-do. James Hamblin, uh, the five nine winger center that played on Bakersfield last year, I believe he scored about eighteen or, two, or no, I think he scored to like over, I think he scored about twenty goals. Wow, great, great job being prepared, Nolan. Um, who's most likely going to be the? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the starting center or if he's going to be if he's going to be a winger. But this is just cool to see. Like, like I said, going into the season, none of us had pegged James Hamblin to actually be a part of this battle for a fourth line spot. But it looks like he's going to make it. Oh, I completely forgot to mention Warren Fogle. Yeah, Warren Fogle's still on the roster. And I think that there's something to be said about the future of Warren Fogle on this team. Um, I know that I'm kind of jumbling all over the place. Um, Miles, where would you like to sort of start with that? And then we can kind of go from there. I think we Fogle is a great place to jump off because there was a trade today. 
Um, one of the defensemen that we did not mention in that battle was Dmitry Samarukov. You may or may not know this man. He is a prospect for the Oilers. Um, was dealt today to St. Louis for, I can't remember his name. Clem Costin. I actually Clem have a, Costin. I actually have 20, a point on this. 2017 first round draft pick. He's got 47 NHL career games. Um, what's your point? Oh, I was just going to say, I, I wrote a nice little description of, uh, of, uh, Klim Kostin, uh, in, in our little rundown here. Give me, give me, the, give me the Klim notes. Okay. It's like so, Cliff notes, but more personalized. Uh, so basically the way I put it like this is, uh, a swap of 2017 draft picks, except Kostin, a former first rounder than, a, than the former third rounder in King Dimitri, uh, Kostin 23 was the 2017 31st overall pick has five goals, 11 points in 46 NHL games so far in his career has mostly played in the minors, uh, as well as some time in the KHL. Uh, in the KHL, he famously did win the. Uh, it was a part of a Gagarin Cup winning squad, so he has he, he knows a little something about winning. If you ask me, uh, played mostly in the minors with 88 points in 198 AHL games. Um, just reading around online from a bunch of people, as far as we can tell, uh, he's a big guy, six foot three. He skates really well, has the tools. He is the definition of a all tools, no toolbox player. A ton of skill. And can skate really well, has the size, has the physicality, but he just can't quite put it together as an everyday NHL player. I guess consistency it has been a really big thing with this player. Um, the fancy stats are not particularly good on him, but they're just take. It just seems like they're just taking a chance on a guy that is that just recently hit waivers as well. Um, so I don't know, man. We talked about this a little bit earlier today, but. There's something about giving up on Dmitry Samarukov before he got a real chance that's really disappointing for a guy that a lot of play or a lot of fans were really excited about. And it's uh, both just kind of, of us a bummer. Were, both yeah. of us were really big on Samarukov and a lot of people that listen to the show that, you know, interact with us and, you know, tweet tweet back at us and chat with us, whatever. Um we're big on him as well. So it's like you said, it's, it's disappointing to see the Oilers giving up on him as quickly as they did. Side note, he tweeted, Mr. Samarukov. Thank you. Edmonton Oilers fans, coaches, and teammates. Can't wait to start a new chapter with the St. Louis blues. And this is what really gets my goat is that he tweeted a picture of himself in an Oilers uniform that has a massive Getty images badge over it. <laughs> Like, my guy, you have professional photography of you playing. Why did you just Google Dmitry Samarukov and tweet that photo? Like, I get that you're Russian, but, like, come on, do something. He, he, like, definitely, did it. he definitely did it out of spite. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a one last. F I don't play for the Oilers. I play for Getty. Yeah, the Gettysburg address. Um, so, tough. Tough to see Samo yeah. go. The reason that we're talking so much about this and jumping back to Warren Fogle for a second is because Warren Fogle did not practice today, correct? I believe it was either yesterday or the day before he and Sam Rukov were held out of practice. So um, people are making of, conclusions. Yes, there is a lot of chit chat, if you will, about uh, what could be happening in the future here with this team. Uh, Warren Fogle makes $2.75 million for two more seasons, including this one, and is currently slated to be a fourth liner. So yeah. you don't like to see that. No, sir. But I don't know. It, it's once again, just another thing that just kind of makes me sad is like this guy should have been 
pretty cool. I also go, by the way, on a side note, I got a comment saying that I've been going, I went full Chris Collinsworth in the first episode and I kept on saying this guy or here's a guy. So (laughs) I'm going to try to curb that this episode, but no, I, it just, it just kind of bumps me out because I was really excited. The circumstances of Warren Fogel coming here were maybe a little bit uh, less than less than ideal, but I was excited about the player and really hoped that he would pan out. And if this is in fact the end of Warren Fogel as an Edmonton Oiler, then um, you know I, I I wish him the best and hope he kind of gets his career sort of figured out. But um, but yeah, we'll 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 see what happens with Warren. Yeah, nothing is written in stone. This is like purely speculation. You know how asset management in trade times works um we will see what happens i echo your sentiment and from the players that we've talked about today i don't want this message to get misconstrued um i'm still a big broberg guy i still like broberg going back to last episode talking about him being a trade chip piece in a chicken deal i'm not saying get rid of him i hate him or anything like that still a big broberg guy still a big sam rukov guy still a decently chill Fogel guy. We'll see what happens. It's exciting times in Eulerville. Um, big James Hamlin guy. Really liked what I was seeing from him in the preseason. Uh, two goals in that game. They played in Abbotsford. Uh, kids got wheels. And just a nice story to see a, a short king making a carving out a place for himself on the NHL just by working hard. People overuse the term honey badger, but he is a he is an absolute honey badger with the puck on the stick. He just he just goes for the net and that and that that's all that matters. He uh, by the way, he did score 20 goals in the AHL last season, so just so we have that all cleared up. Former Medicine Hat Tiger captain for 3 seasons, so Woo! uh take that for what you will. But um no, uh, he he's been yeah, he's been working his way up and there's been some pretty big cuts too to this team. Uh, just to name a few, obviously we mentioned uh, Dmitry Samarukov earlier, but also Forward and $1 million man, Matthias Yanmark, got sent yeah. down to the AHL. Wow. Um, in addition Was not to, expecting that. In addition to uh, in addition to Devon Shore, I, I wrote in here, uh, Devon Shore waved. Did he wave back? Lol. <laughs> Funny. Uh, <laughs> that, that, you, you got a laugh. You did get a laugh. Thank you. I appreciate that. I stole that from Twitter. But uh, yeah, Matthias Yanmark, speedy but doesn't really do a whole lot. Just kind of a nothing burger of a player, unfortunately. So something, something tells me that Dave Tippett would have played him on the third line. Something tells me Dave Tippett would have played, it would have played him in the top six. <laughs> and Gross. on the power play. Dude, think about this. Oh my God. Just think about when we started this show. I listened to our first episode uh, earlier. What was it this called? Week. Suck Jesse's toes, baby. Thank you, Miles, for the episode <laughs> title. Um, and we were talking about Dominic Cahoon as a second liner. Yeah, man. That's and fucking I, problematic. I was beating the Cahoon. Yeah, we, like, were like, we were like, we were like, 60 point upside. Let's go. <laughs> Holy shit. And like Caleb Jones is like an everyday NHL player. Tough beat for the boys. But I still get shit about that. Oh man, I, st- I still get fucking... a lot of shit about that, and I I'll take it. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a tough beat, but I'm really glad that we don't have that. Like, because like if if Matthias Yanmark was an Oiler our first season, we would be talking about him as being a potential Connor McDavid line mate. <sighs> fucking so not great at that time. 
man oilers fans we are used to being hurt it's it's rough and we're um, just recovering from the decade of darkness we're figuring it out and we're excited let us be excited um a last little bit of oiler news that we should probably talk about is welcome back steve steos um hey. he was hired as the uh he was the president and gm of the 2022 ohl champion hamilton bulldogs and oh, oh, oh and will serve as a special advisor to the hockey operations staff with a focus on player development now as a side note he has been kind of murmured because he's been in circles. Uh, there have been circles and discussions about what Steve Steos might be doing for his future. There were some talks that he might be in for some openings earlier this year, earlier in the offseason as maybe a potential GM. And there's some uh, some whispers and some rumblings that uh, this could be a guy that's uh, – in discussion for the GM job of the Edmonton Oilers, maybe once Ken Holland decides to uh, to hang them up. So something to something to keep in mind. Uh, Steve Steos obviously played uh, 1,001 NHL games, 573 as an Oiler, 220 points as a hard nosed D man with 1322 pim 1322 pims. I feel like I'm reading a Bob Stoffer tweet right now, uh, and one gold for Canada at the. 2003 and 2004 World Championships. Can I give you a double middle finger? Fuck you. Because I I said that your bit that your bit read like a Bob Stoffer tweet. Yeah, I worked hard on that. <laughs> You're saying I I that I'm the no, roadhouse king no, himself. No, no, it's it's just funny because Bob Stoffer loves to talk about pims as like a positive asset on a player in 2022. He'll you... be like, he'll be like, oh fucking, uh, I don't know who's a. He'd be like, "Oh, Ryan Reeves was worth a first round, or is worth a first round pick because he has like 400 pins this season." This man played in the early 2000s. I know, and had 220 points in 1,001 games. Nolan, I had to throw in a figure <laughs> that was that that was something. 1,022 pims is wicked. He's not throwing shots at the net. He's throwing hands. Yeah, this is a guy you don't want to meet in a back alley because he's going to beat the crap out of you. But um, thanks. I'm I'm Stoffer adjacent. (laughs) I can't wait till you have Mark Spector on uh, co-hosting this podcast with you. The Miles and Mark show? The Miles and Mark show. I'm going to pitch that to him and see what he I says. Love, I love listening to Stoffer's show when Spectre comes on because he's always sponsored by, like, the horse racing in Ontario, in Alberta. <laughs> and then <laughs> Mark Spectre will come on and go, Afternoon, Bob. How you doing, Bob? And he, he always says Bob that way. He'll say... Like they'll be, they'll obviously be talking about Yessa Puliyarvi because they love to complain about Yessa. Well, Spec does, and then he'll be like, "Well, Bob, there's just something about uh, playing with the best player in the world, and he's not able to score more than twenty goals. I think that the, I think that that's an issue." So, needless to say, Spec, you've, you need to ride some horses yourself. Anyways, Miles. Do you have any other things to say about uh, the Euler news, or should we just get to the next couple points and then get right into the uh, meat and potatoes, or 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 will we say the turkey and potatoes, the turkey and gravy? Nolan, respect the, the branding. Though the, the, the turkey and gravy. Sorry, the turkey and I, gravy. I apologize. That's fine. Hey, that's fine. Everybody gets one. I don't want to see you do it again, though. NHL <laughs> shit, Nolan. That's stuff. That's that's some shit. That's some, that's some NHL shit. 
I wanted to talk about this because you talked about this in the meat and potatoes episode, not the turkey and gravy episode, oh. the meat and potatoes episode. Um, talking about your uh, your third favorite team because your first favorite team is the Oilers, your second yep. favorite team is the Stars, and your third favorite team is the Buffalo Sabres. Where did this? I okay. I I I I say nice things about the Stars one time, and they're apparently now my second favorite team. You love the Stars, Roe Pines and. James Robinson and uh, Hope Tyler, Pavelski. And Tyler Sequencing. Yes, all of those. Jake Oliver, you love all those guys a lot. I just think the start, and you're going to, you're. I'm telling you right now, we're going to do the predictions. You're going to be like, a lot of people are sleeping on the stars. <laughs> stars are going to be pretty good. They're going to be sneaky. You remember what they did in the playoffs? Ryan Suter has not won a Norris yet. He's coming for it at the age of 39. I can hear it. So, I wanted to talk about your third favorite team, (laughs) the Buffalo Sabres, because you, you, Soldier Boy Town. Because Nolan Boy told us that Alex Tuck was the front runner to be the captain. Not Nolan told us. I'm not trying to make this a F Nolan thing. I'm the the insider of the Buffalo Sabres now. (laughs) I live across the border. He loves it there. Um. I agree. I thought Alex Tuck was a shoe-in to be captain for the Buffalo Sabres, and the Sabres shocked the world. Maybe not the world, but they shocked me. I really thought Alex Tuck was the nat- a-, a Buffalo boy himself. A uh, lot of upside. Like, thought he was very much a captain fit. Psych! Plot twist! Buffalo Sabres gave the captaincy to Kylo Pozo on Friday. Something about Kyle Ocpozo that I absolutely love is do you know how Kyle Ocpozo became a Buffalo Sabre? Remember when he was an Islander? Yeah, but do, do you do you remember when he do became a Sabre? No, I don't. I'm the, not a I'm not I'm not a big Sabres guy, Nolan. I don't I don't the, keep up with the boys the, like you do. The the vaunted day of July 1st, 2016, a day that will live in infamy in Oiler fans' hearts. That was the worst free agency day of possibly the 20th century or the 21st he century. Get, he got a stupid contract in Seven Buffalo. Seven years, something. $42 million, the identical contract to ah, Milan Lucic. <laughs> and, and so every basically every big name that signed that day, um, Andrew Ladd, Milan Lucic, uh, David Backus, Louis Erickson, all were either like traded or moved on from because their contracts were so horrible. And Kyle Ocpozo is in the last year of his deal and had like a resurgent season last year. He was selected as an all-star. <laughs> he was an all-star last or, year? Or no, sorry. Was he selected as an all-star? Oh, no. no why, why did they show? Why did they? Oh, no. Sorry. That was 2017. Whoopsie daisy. I thought he was going to be selected as an all-star. That was like a big talk was that he was going to be an all-star. Like, what the hell? Like, he was awesome last year. So now he's the captain of the Sabres. And that's pretty cool that in the last season of his really long contract that because like there were talks that he was going to be bought out or like he was just like dead weight. But no, he was pretty good last year. Scored 20 goals. Yeah. So good stuff to cool. see from Kyle Ocpozo. It is. But 
in I, I still think Alex Tuck should be the captain of that oh, team. Oh, 100 percent Like I don't know why they're giving it to a guy that is clearly not going to be a saber next year. Or if he is, he'll be in a very limited role or possibly retired. And you could give it to the guy that will most likely be one of the faces of the franchise for the foreseeable future. And Tuck didn't even get an A. The, uh, the other A went to or other A's went to Darlene and Zemgus Gergensons. Good lord. Yeah. Tough, That's a slap in the face for tough, the Tuck man. Tough beat for the Tuck man. So um yeah, I, I, I don't I don't agree with that either. But uh I mean I, I don't mind the I, I don't totally mind the idea of like this this transfer of power where it's like they're in between the the stench of Jack Eichel wearing off and it's like okay, then we have to pick our, our next captain for the, for, the, for the next decade of the Stavers. <laughs> Just title this episode Stinky Jack Eichel. Stinky Jack Eichel. Um, but Nolan, the NHL is officially back as the regular season actually started with two games in Europe between the Sharks and the Predators. Who cares? Come back West, you cowards. Now, for those of you listening that think that was something I said, it's actually Nolan's words. He's just um, um, getting the stench of miles and my Westernism coming through um but nolan did you watch any of those games you check it out did it, um, did it, did it scratch the itch for well you? miles since they were at like two in the afternoon no i didn't watch them i was working okay fucking sorry for trying to make conversation were you were you on your were you on were you on your lunch break and just sneak in a little, sneak in a little, a little sharks preds. No, no sharks preds. But I was keeping track of my assets, Nolan. Oh fuck. Yeah, that's that. That's it. Hey, get a little salty because yeah. M Dog is currently first place in this fantasy hockey league that Nolan and, and I are both in. Uh, big five point performance over those two games. Yeah. Uh, encapsulated by the three goals that the Predators scored. Two of which came from Nito Niederreiter, one of which came from Philip Forsberg, who are both on my team. So, you know, it ain't easy being cheesy. Top top of the list. Uh, teams are juggernaut. If the season ended today, I win, and I'm in first by a lot. It's uh, feels good. My feels good uh, my my error Carlson stocks are not looking too good. <laughs> I should probably I should probably visit my guy and talk about my portfolio. Uh, <laughs> So that's the cat out of the bag. Nolan and I are in a fantasy hockey league with a few other fellows that listen to the podcast. So shout out to all those guys. And um, I, I've, I've been saying it a lot. I don't know if you've been thinking it, but I'm like, I can't be bad in this league no. or else no one's going to take us seriously. How much, how much did it suck that, that, that our boys were taken by other people? Oh, it's like it being cucked. Tough. It's like being cucked in front of you. It's like, oh, cool. Uh, my, my, you have a lot my, of experience with that. Well, you know, <laughs> but no, man, I, I, yeah, there's some, I, 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 one thing I will say though, I'm a little bit bummed that nobody laughed at my team name. I thought it was pretty funny. Dude, I laughed really hard at that. Okay. So thank you. Nolan's team name is Mim Jatheson and his abbreviation is piss and it's a picture of Jim Matheson. Yeah. Very funny. It's really funny. I like um, yours too. I, 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 I like that your abbreviation is Tron. <laughs> Thank you. Because it also makes me think of Tron from Fubar. Fubar, yeah, yeah. exactly, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just working up in the rigs. The, the Mac, she's an ice queen. She'll chill ya. So yeah, happy Thanksgiving from the Fubar boys, <laughs> and you'll be getting 
whether you like it or not, you're going to be getting fantasy hockey updates from from Nolan and I. Um, who was your first round pick? Uh, my first round pick was I actually can't. Oh, um, oh my, uh, Mika Rantanen. Yeah, Nolan picked like nine. I picked six. So, so basically, every time you get a point, I get a point. Yeah, because I have Nate Dog. So yeah. So, um, but um, I've got a couple Oilers on my squad. I'm pretty fired up about that. I have one Oiler on my squad. Yeah, I heard about that. You told me. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Is this is this the moment where we get the first one out of the out of the way you first well. first of the season? Yeah, you might as well clear your throat. <coughs> yes, Pule Arvi picked well, up. Hopefully, he's hopefully he's an Oiler for the rest of the season. I couldn't for deal the... with I couldn't deal with the bad juju if he got traded. Oh, if he I I will need to take you time will, off work. You you will you'll wave him if that's the case. No, You'll I'll be need like, to take I can't time. see this anymore. I'm gonna have to take a few days off work if Pule Arvi's not an oiler. I'm going to Pule Arvi. I'm gonna be a disaster. So fantasy hockey, it's coming. Hockey season started, and I've got Ed Bouchard on my squad. Eb, yeah, little Eb Dentine Daddy. Well, so, uh, should we get to the the stuffing? No, Nolan. I want the turkey and gravy. You want you want to have the turkey and gravy. I'm really okay. beaten. I thought that was clever, and I'm gonna. It keep, is really. I'm it gonna is keep really using clever. It. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna keep using it. And we've got the one for one Western Conference preview. Beep, 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 beep. So oh, for man. those of you who may be joining uh, us late this season and didn't take in last episode, quick rundown of how this goes. We break down each division uh, going through the teams from where they placed last year. We talk about who's in, who's out, notable re-signings, their first round pick, and who we think their breakout player is going to be. Maybe do a little bit of discussion with them from there. So, Nolan, kick it off. I want you, I, I want you to kick it off. The defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. I don't know why I said it like that. Do they speak like that in Colorado? I've never been to Colorado. I think Colorado is kind of just a mishmash of of people because you get like the weird Rocky stoners. Mountain stoners, nice. but you also have the very wealthy Aspens, oh, and then yeah. you have the Denver dirtbags. So one day I'd like to get to Denver. One day I'd like to check it out. One 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 for one vacation. One for one to one 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 Denver. Dual skiing. Can I call nature on a virgin? <laughs> call him whatever you want. Uh, cool. Just don't say that to Russ. Russ will kill you. You know, something about some. I'm just kidding. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking about like Russ, like the rapper, the one that is like very introspective. Like, <laughs> Should have been Russ. Yeah. Whoopsie Daisy. Whoopsie Daisy. Call on Avalanche. Yeah. They're they're they're. They're, they're a pretty good team, uh, but they have gone through some major turnover this season. Coming in, we've got Evan Rodriguez from Pittsburgh, Lucas Sedlak from the KHL, um, who was actually a, a signing I had no idea about until I did a little bit of a deep dive on this team, and he was like a damn near point-per-game player in the KHL last year, so pretty cool stuff. Uh, and Alexander Georgiev came over from the New York Rangers, heading out. Nazem Kadri, Andre Burakovsky, Darcy Kemper, Ryan, Merlin, Ryan Murray, Nick, Nicola Obekubel, Nico Sturm, and Jack Johnson. Uh, so 
those first three, at least, are massive pillars to that Colorado Avalanche squad that are no longer there anymore, including their starting goaltender and their uh, second-line center of the last three years. So a bit of a tough pill to swallow. A couple guys they brought back, though, Valerie Nichushkin, Josh Manson, Darren Helm, Arturi Lekkanen, Andrew Cogliano, and, of course, to his 12.6 times eight-year deal, <laughs> Natron McKinnon. Cool. Uh, their first round pick we was not on the roster because it was traded for Darcy Kemper, who is now gone. See you later, first round pick. Uh, didn't pick until the sixth round. Yikes. Uh, 193 overall, selecting Christopher Romain, a d- defenseman from Milton Academy. At this point, it's probably winning the fucking Norris in three years. Uh, got a couple breakout players from the uh, from your favorite bad boys of Oilers podcasting. Uh, I'm picking Alex Newhook. He looks like he's going to be getting into that nice little second line role. He's going to be playing with a little bit of talent on either side of him. Maybe a little Valerie Nuchushkin action. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe might play a little guy named Gabriel Landeskog at points. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different things you can pick, but I really like him. Miles, who do you like uh, as a breakout player this season? To be completely honest with you, Nolan, uh, Alex Newhook is who I really liked as well. <laughs> and you're just like, you son of a bitch. No, I just, you know, for for, for the culture, I had to pick somebody else. Um, so I picked Evan Rodriguez. And the reason I picked Evan Rodriguez is because take a shot every time you've heard us say, I wish he was an oiler. When he was hanging out in free agency, I was like, wanted him. <laughs> he's, I think he's a very good player. I think he's criminally slept on. And just like we've seen with this Colorado Avalanche team, players seem to fill roles and they've got a very good eye for talent in that front office. I think they hit a home run getting this guy. And I think that he's going to be very talented for them and surprise a lot of people. So I think Evan Rodriguez has found a good home in Colorado and well, I don't know where he lives, but a good place for him in Colorado. And I think he will do quite well there. I like it. I think Evan Rodriguez is going to fit in really nice in their middle six there. He's going to be a damn, a darn, a darn good player. A darn um, good, darn next good. Next up, lad. Miles, who do we got next? Minnesota Wild, who were 53, 22, and seven last year, lost in the first round to the St. Louis Blues. In coming in, Brock Faber. Philip Gustafson and Sam Steele, former Regina Pats legend. Porn name extraordinaire. <laughs> He's got a great muzzy too. If you haven't seen it, it is it is abrasive. But not the best um, one in the NHL that belongs to Stuart Skinner. Yeah, skinny. Um, on his way out is Kevin Fiala and a player you may remember had a cup of coffee in Edmonton, Dmitry Dmitry Kulikov. Notable re-signing of Jacob Middleton and their first round picks were Liam Ogren, a left winger from Sweden, and Danilia Yurov, a right winger from Russia. The breakout player that I have selected for the Minnesota Wild is a former Colorado Avalanche player, Tyson Jost. I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, I hope he's good. I'd, I'd like him to finally live up to his uh, his top 10, his top 10 billing he's had. Um. I think I feel like we kind of glossed over the fact that Kevin Fiala got traded. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's huge. That's, that's a that's really massive. big player gone. Uh, that's like eighty-five points off their team that is that is no longer there. So that's pretty crazy. And but that's what happens when you decide to buy out boat anchor contracts in uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. But say, Lavi, I'm picking as my breakout player 
Kalen Addison, the former Pittsburgh prospect who came over in the Jason Zucker deal. Uh, I'm picking him because uh, he's going to be on the first unit power play for the Minnesota Wild. So he's probably going to get a couple points. Just a few. Just a few. Absolutely. And going back to what you were saying about Kevin Fiala being on his way out, um, this Minnesota Wild team is, I think, really interesting. The way that they're constructed and the way that their top six is set up. Uh, there's kind of like a, I don't know if power vacuum is the right term, but there's just some really interesting players, really interesting dynamics to see how it's all going to work out. Uh, who's the GM there? Is it Bill Guerin? Bill Guerin. Yeah. Yeah. I think Bill Guerin's got a very good hockey brain and I think that he's done pretty well with what he has. I'm just wondering if, Kirill Kaprizov is going to be able to drag a carcass around with them and put points up, or if somebody's going to step up or how the fuck this is all going to come together for them. But there's a lot of talent, a lot of young players, a lot of opportunity. And yeah, um, I don't love the Marc-Andre Fleury acquisition for them. Oh yeah. We forgot to mention Cam Talbot's no longer, uh, no and Cam Talbot's also on his way out. We talked about him pretty extensively in the last episode, but you're right. We should be thorough. <laughs> It'll be it's interesting okay. to see. It's going to be interesting to see how Minnesota comes together this year, especially in a division that's got some pretty, pretty solid teams. Um, I think that the I think what they're banking on though with with the Wild is they're obviously banking on Matt Boldy having a pretty good stretch and, and that Rossi and and Rossi obviously having a rookie season this year. Um, I would put a lot of stock into Marco Rossi. I was going to pick him as my breakout player. And did I pick him as my breakout player? No, I picked Kalen Addison, but, um, Mar- but Marco Rossi is, I-, I think he could be a front runner for the Calder because this is a guy that's produced at, Oh my God, fuck. I did it again. Um, <laughs> now here's, was- here's a guy. Uh, I, I- I just love this guy. No, uh, the thing about Marco Rossi is he's performed at every level, uh, and he's and he's outperformed every expectation. He is a little bit undersized, but he's just really fucking good at hockey, and I think that that's all that matters. He's a top he had- ten pick, and he's just he's just a stud, and I think that that's going to go a long way for this team. Nearly a point per game player in the AHL last year as a rookie, like this is he, he's big got year. that. He's got that great story too about how he like came back from COVID compilations yeah. or that he weren't thinking that he was maybe even going to be able to play hockey again. So he's got a great story. He's really talented. Um, again, yeah, if everything comes together the way that it should, Ryan Hartman too, pretty damn good hockey player. So there's there's some talent in this team. Matt Dumbo on the back end. I don't know. I think we've talked about Minnesota quite a bit, but yeah, yeah. they're de- definitely going to be a team to watch because they have potential, um, but it also could all come falling in. So if potential pays off, they could be pretty nasty. Um, next up, we've got the uh, Saint Louis Blues. Uh, otherwise known as the St. Louis Blues. Uh, 49, 22, and 11 lost in the second round of the Avs. Uh, in, you've got Thomas Grice. Yikes! Uh, Nola Chari and uh, oh, the return of a the return of a, of, a, of a certain assistant coach who was formerly a head coach and former and la- just last season was uh, help help selling or was helping sell fifty fifty tickets for the Edmonton Oilers Entertainment Group in Craig McTavish. 
no Bucky for him. Uh, going out, uh, David Perron, Vili Huso, Tyler Bozak, which I actually had to, I actually had to just confirm this per Darren uh, afterwards because I couldn't believe he was still a free agent. Uh, and Dakota Joshua, tough name. Notable re-signings in Robert Thomas, Nick Letty, as well as Jordan Cairo. Robert Thomas and uh, not the lead singer of Matchbox Twenty, and Jordan Cairo both got signed to I believe eight-year deals worth about eight and a half million dollars a year. So uh, big times in St. Louis, big money being handed out. First round pick. This is not a typo. Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, the winger from uh, the U.S. National Development Program, and for my breakout player, I've got you. Kind of picked the one that I think a lot of people want to pick. Um, I picked one that I just I wanted. I I like the story of it, and I think that there's not necessarily like a top six breakout, but more of like I think that he'll be a everyday player and will contribute like 30 points to his team on a regular basis. I picked former Oiler Nathan Walker. That, thank you for saying his name, mate. He's uh, he's from down under. He's got a great story. I like that. Um, if Yeah, if he's able to do that, that would be awesome. Like you said, former Oiler, cool story. Scored like four goals in a game or something last year too. Yeah. He had just a stupid little stint. So would be cool. Would be cool for sure. Uh, again, I took the ob- more obvious route and I picked uh, incoming rookie Jake Neighbors of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Jake Neighbors. Jack, Jake Neighbors from, from the Crescent. Uh, obviously very talented. Was a part of the shutdown World Junior Team Canada team played an incredible, incredible role in the dominant Memorial Cup or um, Western WHL championship run last year for the oil Kings before he got hurt and wasn't able to play in the Memorial cup. So this, this is a guy who's got a lot of talent um, can immediately step in and make an impact. And if he's a prospect that plays up to his potential um, could be on that Calder watch list as well. That'd be sick. Uh, next up miles you get this one i do and i'm sorry to take it away from you because i know how much you like them the dallas stars surprised a lot of people going 46 30 and 6 last year lost in the first round seven games to the calgary flames in mason marchment in colin miller in pete DeBoer, out john klinberg I don't know if they lost anybody else. I was having a hard time finding more information on this roster, but that Klinberg loss is is the first big obvious one that that came to mind. Yeah, I think it's pretty samey same. Samey same down in Dallas. Uh, one thing that is not the same or is the same, but just at a higher cap hit, is Jay Gottinger getting a big deal. The goalie that had first round incredible play uh, in that series against the flames, as we mentioned. And uh, as of, as of about two days ago, Jason Robertson, big piece for their team. One of their leading scorers signed a big deal to stay in big D their first round pick was lion Bichel. Sure. We'll take it. D man <laughs> from Sweden, uh, breakout player. <laughs> I love to hate the stars. And I can't actually pick a breakout player for this team because like, who, who do you take everybody that kind of would be picked broke out last year. I think Jake Ottinger is a cop out because again, how good he was last year in the playoffs, everybody's kind of expecting him to be a stud this year. See if he can actually take that step. But in my words, this team is so, so, so mid it's insane. I'm not picking anyone out of protest. So the the Dallas Stars are the, are the tank and you're laying in front of the and you're laying in front of the tank. 
I don't know if I'm laying in front of the tank. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like posting a lot on posting a lot on my Instagram stories oh, of how, of how you one. can donate, how you can help. That's how that's how I'm protesting while not helping Passive, yourself. Passively protesting against the Dallas Stars, kind of just being a hater. Yeah, uh, my pick is Wyatt Johnston. Uh, he was a stud in the OHL last season. Looks like he's made the team. Stars need offense. Let's give them some offense, I guess. I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that this team is going to get a massive Pete DeBoer effect, though, like a massive Pete DeBoer bump. So we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Coming from bonus the baddie, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, number five, the Nashville Predators, 45-30-7, and, and they got swept by the Avs in the first round, and they fucking sucked in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> um, in... Kevin Lankinen, a guy that we talked about lots on uh, on one for one when we decided to have our our little debate between Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid. I love looking back on that in hind- hindsight. Hey, Miles, uh, Ryan McDonough from Tampa, Nino Niederreiter from Carolina, and Zach Sanford uh, wasn't he on Washington? I can't remember. Uh, and heading out, Connor Ingram. Uh, notable re-signing in Philip Forsberg, and their first-round pick was Joachim Kamel, the the winger from Finland. Um, my breakout player is Kiefer Sherwood. He scored in the game uh, in, in the very first game of the season. I don't know if he scored after that because I'm not watching. Uh, I'm not watching those Eastern games out of protest myself. Uh, um, but as far as I can see, he's been on the second line. Uh, Where's 44, which is kind of a like a cool top six guy number. So sure who do you got miles so nolan i actually don't know how to say this guy's name gonna be completely honest with eli tolvanen eli tolvanen why yeah. did i pick him i don't remember i made uh, these first round a while ago for uh first round pedigree um and also this team is mid this is how i feel about okay, the you're predators. a fucking hater the way that i the way that you feel about the stars is the way that i feel about the predators i don't get it man i think the predators are gonna be sneaky they're good. full of second line centers that's it which is a great thing to be full of dude the uc soros is nuts a freak goalie you're talking about how matthew shane so- and ryan johansson make me flaccid <laughs> you're what <laughs> matthew shane you just don't want him to sit there in his cowboy boots playing guitar for you <laughs> telling me about how never mind my uh, dad sells cottages it's so fucking sick in muskoka that's actually true it is pretty cool muskoka no, his dad is actually a real estate agent for like multi-million oh, that, dollar. That does not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. So, oh, a number one customer, Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Hey, that they have a big mural of him on the rink in the town that he's from. There's so many Whatever. freaking Duchesnes out in Ontario. It's uh, it's outrageous. But I'm quite um, excited about Nashville. I think I think mm. that they've got a roster that that could be competitive. Yeah, you shake your head. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna. We're just gonna wait on that. One. We're gonna put a little pin in that. We'll see. Um. Anyways, big uh, Preds guy. Confirmed. God, there's some fucking mid ass teams here. Uh, Miles, take the take the next team. Uh, <laughs> my favorite team to hate. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, who were 39, 32, and 11 last year, who missed the playoffs. In. Rick Bonus. Stop one second. We need to talk about Rick Bonus. 
the funny the funniest thing about the Winnipeg Jets this season is how much jerking off they did over fucking Barry Trotz and how they were like <laughs> gonna get Barry Trotz. And then it's like, oh, psych! Uh, nope, we're actually going to hire Rick Bonus, uh, who is chased out of Dallas. I'm pretty sure it wasn't so much psych. It was uh, Barry Trotz being like, no, dude. I kind of don't want to. I kind of don't want to do that. So, yeah, Big Bad Rick is in town coaching the team. Um, speaking of big and bad, Dave Riddick. <laughs> has left Hey-o. left Nashville, flipped his stick the whole way, and ended up in Winnipeg. Uh, Sam Gagne, we hardly knew the – he left Dallas and went to town. Double this birds is to Edmonton in the process. Double birds to Edmonton in the process. So we mentioned Zach Sanford before. It's because he's oh. out of Winnipeg. That's oh, where he okay, came gotcha, from. Gotcha. Yevgeny Svechnikov, uh, Andre's brother, also left town. Paul Stastny left town. And the most notable <laughs> – thing leaving this franchise is the c on blake wheeler's jersey notable re-signings i don't know if they actually re-signed anybody i think a lot of people on this team were locked up uh from previous summers so this was a team that had a tumultuous off season we will say uh because they had superstar player mark shifley come out and say maybe i'm gonna leave maybe i don't like what's going on here god he's such a loser Um, only to eat his words they had pierre-luc dubois who was like sitting at the draft in montreal waiting to be traded that they've somehow coerced into coming back um couple of gamers couple of gamers couple a couple of real studs First round pick, speaking of studs, Rutger McGrody, a right winger from the United States uh, National Development Team. Brad Lambert, a center from Finland. Um, That's a Finnish name I can get behind, is Brad (laughs) Lambert. (laughs) Um, But yes, the Winnipeg Jets, a team that we have, we, me, have shit on for a very long time on this show that needed to do something this offseason. And we're just kind of like, Hey guys, I think we just underperformed last year. Let's uh let's run it back and finish sixth again. Um, can we design an award around the around the oil around the one for one academy awards that's called the Winnipeg Jets Teammate Chemistry Award? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I love playing on the site of an old department store. It's beautiful. Um Okay, shitting on the Winnipeg Jets. Fun. Now I'm going to be nice because we're going to talk about our breakout players. And my breakout player for the Winnipeg Jets, in other news, water is wet, but I'm picking Cole Perfetti. I am large on Cole Perfetti. Mm, Yummy. (laughs) I think he's a very good player. Uh, Again, he was on that Team Canada um, World Junior team that never got to be anything. Very, very talented, has an opportunity to step in and play with some good hockey players. Um, if he ends up on that Nikolai Ehlers line, uh, I'd and be like Ehlers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, or Duchesne centering. Um, it's actually be some guys that are that are pretty darn, no? Duchesne centering? So what did I say? Oh, Shifley, sorry. There you go. I'm just so in love, infatuated by the Nashville Predators. It just bleeds into every facet of my life. But regardless, if Cole Perfetti is able to play with Ehlers and Shifley, like, look out. That's that, that's that's some good guys to be playing with with the talent that he has. Um, so not so much a breakout, but like all eyes on you kind of thing. I'm going with Paul Maurice's whipping boy, Vili Heinola, <laughs> the, the guy that has seemingly never gotten a chance to play for the Winnipeg Jets. And um, 
I think that he's going to get some playing time. I think Rick Bonus loves developing young defensemen. He hates young forwards, but he loves he loves developing young defensemen. Uh, very famously, was a uh, was a part of uh, the overall development of uh, Miro Heiskanen, of Essel and Dell. So that's cool stuff to see. Uh, so I, I'm going to I want to go with uh, Vili Heinola. I will make a mention though on Brad Lambert. I don't know if you watched that clip of the sequence he had when he entered the oil or when they were when they were playing the Oilers and he like entered the zone and just like held on to the puck for as long as he wanted and did whatever he wanted. I think that we're gonna look at the Brad Lambert selection. He was two picks ahead of Reed Schaefer, like and the Oilers traded out of the pick so that they the the pick they originally had so that they could move off the Zach Cassian deal. So they traded out of twenty nine to move to thirty two so that they could get off Zach Cassian and then select Reed Schaefer. I think that we are going to look at that, that trade as like, I cannot believe that happened because Brad Lambert fell out of the Oilers hands. He is going to be so sick, like so good at hockey. Um, he was a like top three projected player uh, st- before last season started. And so I, I, I think that's going to be, that's going to be a, a a big a big swing in the miss for uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, anyways, Miles, uh, I'm going to grab the toilet brush here. Actually, no, this will be the plunger. The toilet brush will come next. So Gross. grabbing grabbing <laughs> grabbing the plunger to get what's left at the bottom of the toilet. The Chicago Blackhawks with a 28, 42, and 12 record. They clearly missed the playoffs. Goodness gracious, do they ever want Connor Bedard in Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, Peter Mrazek from Toronto, Alex Stalock, Colin Blackwell, and Jack Johnson. Woof. Uh, out. Not not the singer of Banana Pancakes, the, the Stanley Cup champion. The Stanley Cup champion. Out. Alex DeBrincat, that's a big deal. Kirby Doc, that's also a big deal. Kevin Lankinen. Uh, Dylan Strom, not Ryan, and Dominic Kubelik, a couple of young guys that were RFAs that they said, fuck off, see you later. Double deuces to you too. Uh, notable re-signings, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, their first round pick, Kevin Korchinski, uh, the defenseman from the WHL, smooth skating, highly offensive defenseman, and Frank Nazar. Um, apparently, this is like, a huge boomer bust pick for for the for the Hawks. There's some people that believe that Nazar could be like the best player of last year or of this of this past draft. And Sam Renzel, a defenseman from Minnesota. Um yeah, breakout player. Uh I've got Philip Kurashev. I think he finished the season pretty strong last year. I don't really give too much of a shit about this team. They 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 are obviously going to probably trade both Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. I think they'll move Kane. I don't think they'll be able to move Taves because um, Taves is very uh, like good anymore. So I think that they probably won't be able to move off of him. However, some stupid fake contender will be like, "Wow, intangibles." I'll give Jonathan Taves a lot. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see, but this team is obviously trying to tank for Connor Bedard, and they are just they're really bad. Um, I I was doing a little bit of research before uh, before we started recording tonight, and Daily Faceoff currently has the Chicago Blackhawks top pairing listed as Jack Johnson and Seth Jones. It's incredible. That is 
just mind blowing. I <laughs> cannot wait to watch that tire fire. So when I was doing my research for this team, I'm I'm looking up things from the offseason. I'm looking at roster construction, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no breakout player. This I think it's Lucas Ra- Raquel or something like that. He's a German. Lucas kid. Reichel. Lucas Reichel. And I'm like, oh, this natural candidate, young guy. He's gonna be playing with Kane. Like, gotta hitch my wagon to him. Do a quick Google. First thing that comes up, sent down to the AHL. So, to, so to echo your sentiment, Nolan, my God, do they want Connor Bedard? They want to finish last so fucking badly. Uh, my breakout player, similar to my passive protesting for the Dallas Stars, uh, except in this route, I put Caleb Jones. I don't know. Fuck this team. This team is don't. everyone's favorite punching bag. Nobody yeah. wants anything good for the Chicago Blackhawks, I and they like- shouldn't. I don't like the Blackhawks. Um, no. Yeah, get you get you get what you get, and I well, kind of, I kind of hope, not kind of, I largely hope Bedard doesn't go there. I hope so too. I hope they get they end up picking like fourth. That'd be really funny. The lottery um, ball is just not good to them. Yeah, the the lottery ball actually comes out of Chicago, but then they just shove it in the trash, and they say, "Oh no, it was actually uh, oh the Edmonton Oilers." Wow, they won the Stanley Cup and they have the first round pick. Wow, who'd have thunk? Um, no, uh, John Taffer walks in. He says, "Shut it down." There you go. Yeah, Connor Bedard is not getting sick. Miles, grab the toilet brush and let's clean up the central. Last and certainly least are the Arizona Coyotes, who finished last season 25-5-7. and seven. They did not make the playoffs. In just a thick bitch in Zach Cassian, we hardly knew the Josh Brown, Troy Stetcher, Nick Bugstad, out the Gila River Arena. Fare thee well. We will now be playing our home games in front of 5,000 people at the Arizona State University Arena. Notable re-signings. Again, did not really find much. For, for what they did. First round pick famously was Logan Cooley, centerman from the U.S. National Development Program. Connor Geeky, centerman uh, for, from WHL Powerhouse Winnipeg Ice. And Maverick Lamarou, a centerman from the QMJHL, who, I'm going to say famously a lot, on draft day, his parents had like the full-on open mouth makeout when he got picked. Did you have half a chub when you saw that? Um, Or like a quarter? I'll plead the fifth. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Careful, it's spicy. My, my, breakout, my breakout player, this is another team where it's kind of hard to pick a breakout player because like, I think they're just going to be really bad. And all of the players that could break out kind of already have or already are. Oh, uh, also out Phil Kessel. Sorry, I missed that. Very big, very big deal. Phil Kessel left this team. I think Um, people forgot Phil Kessel was a coyote. We just kind of want to brush that under the rug. They just get, yeah, not enough, not enough media coverage. I mean, why would you, but my breakout player, Dyson Mayo defenseman. Um, If Jacob Chikrin ends up leaving, he'll get a lot of maybe power play time. Um, I don't think that he's a bad hockey player at all. Again, he came out of the WHL. He came out of the Edmonton oil Kings organization. So guy that I've seen play live a few times. And I think that he's pretty damn good. There was a few games we watched last year where the Oilers were playing them. And I just noticed his game and like, you know, that meme of Shaq where it's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. Um, I think Dyson Mayo is a player that actually could be something. And I'm, I'm looking for him to break out this year. Um, I kind of cheated a little bit and I, and I, I picked two players. Um, so 
The first one I've got is Jack McBain, and I picked him because he was traded by Minnesota to Arizona. Uh, I believe at the trade deadline last year, like his rights were traded and then he swiftly signed a deal and he's young and he's going to play on one of their power play units. So I, there's, there's maybe, maybe 40 to 50 point upside. The one I'm really interested in is Nick Ritchie. And the reason being is because he played in basically a top six role last season and he is on their first unit power play. Like he is a like net front presence and it seemed like the moment he was traded from Toronto, there was something there and it kind of worked out for the Coyotes. So I'm interested to see if he's going to turn this into something like maybe we could get to the trade deadline and Nick Ritchie scored like 20 goals. Well, that that's actually seems like a lot. I mean, he probably won't score 20 goals before the deadline because that would make him like a 30 goal score. Who knows? Maybe, may, you know, maybe it could happen, but I just, Dude, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with him. When we were going back to our fantasy draft, I was really tempted to take Mayo and like just went, eh, no, not taking any Phoenix Coyote, or sorry, bleh, Arizona Coyote, because like this, again, power play, you want to take power play guys because they're going to get points. Like, Maybe this is a bit of an exaggeration, but that power play could be like sub 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So like, really, I don't know if I want to, I don't know. I don't really want to do this. Really hoping that Clayton Keller has a bounce back year though. And the reason I say bounce back year is not because he played poorly last year, but because at the end of the season, he like gruesomely broke his leg. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Clayton Keller can return to form and can, bounce back to be the guy that he was because I think a lot of people forgot about that injury and it was gross and that's something that is hard for guys to come back from you think back to what McDavid had to go through and he you know had had his injury as well so Clayton Keller is a guy that's very talented very good hockey player um, is hopefully going to see the light on the other side when this Arizona team figures itself out I don't think he'll be there but you know if he's loyal enough to stay Maybe he'll get rewarded for it. I just hope he's healthy, happy, and thrives because he's a good hockey player, and I want to see him do well. Another team I would really not like to see Connor Bedard go to. I just don't want to see him in, like, I don't know. There's just something just gross about Arizona that I just really don't like. And They've gotten gotten beaten up so much this offseason. I hate to just keep killing them, but... Maybe it's because they, they, they play out of a fucking college arena, but what, uh, what, what can you do, right? Say Levis. Yes, it's Sir, Sir Lewis. Um, Shall we go to the best division in hockey? You yeah. want to do rankings at the end for both, or do you want to use this as an opportunity oh. to, to do our rankings for the Central Division? Let's do the rankings for the Central Division, actually. That's that's a very good point. Okay, um, so I can do this right now. Okay, so number one, I think with a bullet, you have to go Colorado. Um, that's who I will be taking. Um, do you want to go, do you want to trade off of our picks going from one to eight? Or do you want to, uh, do you want me to read all of mine and then you want to read all of yours? I think rapid fire yours. I'll rapid fire mine and then we can discuss. Okay. Uh, number two, number two, uh, I've got the Minnesota wild. I'm still going to go back with them. I think that their injection of young talent is going to be really important and they're going to look pretty good this season. So I'm going to go with Minnesota at number two. Uh, Number three. You're going to hate me. Give me the Dallas Stars. (laughs) I fucking knew it. Um, Can read you like a book. 
it's 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 the Peter DeBoer effect. Stroke it off, buddy. Go on. Hey, just let it let it happen. Go ahead. I don't know what you're. We'll discuss later. We'll discuss later. You have Dallas at number three. Who's number four? Um, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues at number four. And it's, I mean, they lost a lot, and I think that they haven't really. We'll discuss at the end. Keep going. Sorry about that. Uh, number five, I will go the Nashville Predators. Number six, I will go the Winnipeg Jets. Number seven, I will go the Arizona Coyotes. And number eight, I will go Chicago Blackhawks. I think Chicago is toxic. Going to be bad, bad. Okay. Uh, Fair amount of similarities here, Nolan. I hate to say it. Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, Dallas, Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona. So, top down, again, agree with you. Colorado, nasty. You have to go that way. Minnesota, we talked very in-depth about them, very doom and gloom, like painting this picture of, we'll see, we'll see. And again, I agree with you. I think that that youth movement's going to pay off and and Rossi and Bloody are going to be nasty. Uh, so three, you had Dallas sneaking up. I have St. Louis staying put. You're big on Dallas. Tell me why. I don't, I do not see it. It's more so bad. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of young talent themselves. I mean, for for Christ's sakes, like Rupe Hansen, Jason Robertson are are tremendous hockey players. I think that you are banking on a bounce back season from Tyler Sagan. And I think all in all, it's not unrealistic to expect a bounce back from Tyler Sagan. Like he came off an awful injury last season, and people are kind of discounting the fact that you know, it, that that's a really difficult injury to come back from. So I think a full year of recovery, allowing him to sort of recharge his batteries. This is somebody that can score upwards of anywhere from 30 to 40 goals. Like, you you never know. And in addition to that, Peter DeBoer is one of the best head coaches in hockey. He may not have a great relationship with his goaltenders, but that first year especially, he always has the magic. And I think that that's going to lead the Dallas Stars to success. I just can't believe that you're bigger on them than you are on St. Louis. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, St. Louis a lost a really good player in David Perron. Like they that's did a, lose a tremendous player. They did, but that team is still, excuse me, fairly intact for what they were. And they were one of the only teams that could give Colorado a run for their money. So I think that they're uh, again, a team that's hoping that. And like, you're, you're also hoping too, that Jordan Bennington can carry the I load just the entire say, season. And I think that Bennington's going to be able to do that. I think that he's going to have he's he's a regular season goalie, and he's going to be fine for them. So if all of those pieces come together, I think St. Louis can do what they need to do. Like Nashville, I see them making the playoffs for sure. I don't see Dallas making the playoffs myself. I'm so out on Nashville. I'm excited for the season to continue so that we can keep an eye on our central division um, love children, the Nashville Predators and Dallas Stars, so that we can come back to this and use it as a, as you a have, debate point as the season have, goes on. You have Dallas and five, right? I have Dallas and five. Okay. And then you got Winnipeg, Chicago, Chicago, Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just writing all these things down. Just so no, I love it. Perfect. Um, okay. The best Would, division. Do you want to do the best division or do you want to take a little break and talk about my rock star? I think I th- I think ending the show on a high note with okay. the rock star of the week is always the best. Because I'm down with that. I have one quick thing that I want to complain about. And so basically the way that we'll do it is we will do we'll do the rest of our preview 
Then I will talk about my negative thing, and then you finish off with Rockstar of the Week. Close it out. Good to go. Little yin and yang. Love it. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Anyways, best division. Maybe not. Maybe The stuffing division. This this might be subjective, but anyways, we're going to start off with not the best team. Uh, The Calgary Flames. Finished 50, 21, and 11, and lost in five in the second round to a certain somebody. This team has gone through quite possibly <laughs> the craziest offseason in recent memory. Uh, going into going into this offseason, there was talk about Johnny Gaudreau, whether or not he was going to stay or not, and Matthew Kachuk's happiness with the front office and with the direction of the franchise going forward. Basically, it was assumed if Johnny Gaudreau will not be back as a Calgary Flame, then it's going to be difficult to count on Matthew Kachuk as well. Coming in, Kevin Rooney, because he's the star of the show, uh, Nazem Kadri, <laughs> Jonathan Huberdo, Mackenzie Weger, and Cole Schwint. Um, obviously, Huberdo, Weger, and Schwint from Florida. Uh, heading out, obviously, like I previously mentioned, Matthew Kachuk, who signed a eight-year, $9.5 million deal. Johnny Gaudreau, who signed a eight- or seven-year, I believe also $9.5 million deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then, like we mentioned earlier, Eric Goodbunson, uh, and we know we know it's good Branson, but as signing his like ridiculous contract that he did with the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. Um, notable re-signings in Trevor Lewis and Andrew Mangiapane. Um, now, with that being said, the, the the biggest news with that Matthew Kachuk trade is the fact that Brad Tree Living was able to turn the, the two pending UFAs in Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger into both getting eight-year extensions, Huberto around that, I believe, $10.5 million per season, and Mackenzie Weger for 6.25, which in my my humble opinion is quite a bargain for a guy like Mackenzie Weger. Um, I mean, they didn't have a first-round pick. They traded it in the Tyler Toffoli deal, and this team bounced back from what should have been a really depressing offseason where you lost a ton of assets for nothing or next to nothing and they turned into rebuilding their team on the fly and they look like they're still going to be a really damn good squad going forward um my breakout player and it's only because he's seems like he's getting regular top six or uh he's going to be get, getting regular bottom pairing minutes is uh, nicholas malosh um he's kind of bounced from team to team and I could see him. I could see him kind of filling into that 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 uh, that Eric Goodbranson role, where Goodbranson was a journeyman, sort of not very good hockey player for a little bit there, and turned in a pretty nice little season for the Calgary Flames. So I think that that's going to happen, and I, I have faith that Daryl Sutter is going to use Molash really well in the system. Who is your breakout player? Uh, if he makes the team, I have Jacob Pelletier. He's a young prospect for them. Uh, I know that my friends who are big flames guys are all very big on this kid that has a lot of offs about that if he ends up starting the season in calgary um or if he doesn't end up starting the season in calgary i think he'll finish the season in calgary and that he's going to be a nice little offensive addition for them uh if he doesn't end up making the team and again i haven't been following their camp i don't know maybe you're going to say he got sent down two days ago or something like that um but if he doesn't or whatever um 1b tyler to foley not that Tyler Toffoli is like a breakout type player. I just think that he's going to be a guy that plays bigger than what he is or returns to a form of what he was previously and just overall has a has a sneaky good little season. I like the selection um, or selections, I should say. 
Um, we are going to save the second place team for a little bit later. Uh, but we will now go to the Los Angeles Kings, uh, who finished with a 44, 27, and 11 record. And they also lost in the first round to a certain somebody. Just skip me, eh? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, sh- oh, shit. Sorry about that. Go- Anyways, okay. you, you got it's this okay. one else. Um, so this is a quick one because there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of movement this offseason for this LA Kings team. In Kevin Fiala, big acquisition. Out. I don't know if they even really lost anybody. Uh, notable yeah. re-signings. I don't know if they even signed anybody. Um, cats out of the bag. The way that I did this was by reading two articles for each team that the NHL did um, as like a preseason and a questions coming into camp type article where they would essentially outline a lot of what this said. I just compiled it together. And it was more about young guys and Drew Doughty and Cal Peterson than it was about anybody coming in and out. So if any LA Kings fans want to get at me for missing anything, I think your team was just not doing a whole hell of a lot this offseason after they got their big fish in Fiala. Um, they also did not have a first round pick. So it didn't look like there was a lot of moves. No, like Fiala, and once they got their big fish, they were kind of complacent with that. Again, they had uh, Philip Deno come in last year. So that was another recent guy that they brought in. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing them, free balling. No first round pick. Uh, Nolan, let's move into breakout player. That's cool with you. That sounds good with me. Because I have selected uh, Blake Lazette. He's a 24-year-old centerman. Um, yeah, young guy. Played with the Kings last year. He had 24 points in 70 games. Uh, he's looking to kind of build off of that. He's going to be playing some big third line, maybe second line minutes, depending on how things go. Uh, and how they decide to use him. He's got some offensive upside, and he's small, quick, offensive dude. Um, could see him having a good little season for the Kings. Uh, I've got Gabe Velarde, uh, a, a guy I actually sold a car to his grandfather, which is kind of cool, uh, just as a little fun That's fact. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, yeah, Gabe Velarde, uh, first-round pick from about uh, five years ago or so. I think uh, I think Gabe Velarde is, is, is somebody that is finally going to hit his potential, and he slotted into a nice little second-line role for himself. I think Victor Arvidsson is so in and out of the lineup that there is a possibility that maybe – um, he could be on the short list for somebody to really break out for the Kings. So um, I like Gabe Velarde. He's uh, he's pretty good. Um, I, I don't want to move on from the Kings so quickly, though, Nolan, because like we're not really giving them any respect to for, for even a discussion here, which is similar to how things went going into that first round playoff series. I think they were a team that a lot of people just... Um, really brushed over, thought the Oilers were just going to roll them, and they actually ended up giving the Oilers a, a very good series in, in seven games. Um, let's start at the net. Uh, we talked about it last year, Cal Peterson, Jonathan Quick, because the big question for this team is how much longer father time will will leave their 2014 core alone. Uh, the players I'm refer- referencing there would be Anze Kopitar, Drew Doughty, and Jonathan Quick. How do you feel about those guys coming into the year? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't trust their goaltending, uh, by any means. Jonathan Quick is somebody that is literally Jekyll and Hyde as, as a goaltender at this point. He's no longer the dominant, uh, 65 game guy that he used to be. 
Uh, so that does concern me. And Cal Peterson did not have a very good season last year. Um, You're telling so, me. Looking, going back to my breakout player from last year, it was Cal Peterson. And I yeah. said that he was going to take over that crease and yada, yada, yada. So he's got a lot to prove this year as yeah. a young goalie. He, he certainly has a lot to prove and an opportunity to do so. And hopefully he can do something with it for, for that team. Yeah. I mean, not hopefully because they're a divisional rival, but like just dude supporting dudes want to see him do something. They just, they have so many pieces on that team and so many, like, so many prospects in the pipeline. But the thing that I find with the Kings is I don't totally trust their development yet. And the reason being is because you have someone in Quentin Byfield who hasn't, I, and I know that he only got, he only got drafted like two years ago. So it, it's difficult to, it's difficult to say that he, should be a NHL player at this point. But think of someone like Alex Turcotte. Alex Turcotte was taken fourth overall and was basically across the board picked as one of those like, hey, this guy will be a really good top six forward. Alex Turcotte has shown no signs of that so far in, in his NHL career. And I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of big names and prospects on this team but I don't know whether or not those are turning into anything. And I think if you are not developing these high-powered offensive pieces of talent into stars, well, then that's an issue. Like, if a guy is really great in junior and, and, and projects as a really good, like, star offensive forward, then you should try and develop him as that. I think it's kind of a failure. I, I, but personally, I think it would be a failure if Quentin Byfield turned into this like middle six, um, like two way center. You want this second overall pick that is like six foot four and like two hundred and something pounds. You want him to turn into an offensive dynamo that can kick your ass down low and and can really get in those greasy areas and really generate offense quite well. So, I guess that's my concern with the Kings is like, are they turning these assets into things? Yeah, because as soon as you did that player profile off the cuff there of Quentin Byfield, I just immediately got nervous i hope that they don't try and turn him into an anze kopitar 2.0 because one anze kopitar in his prime great player i just hope that they don't try and make quentin byfield the same type of guy when that's not who he's no, supposed he to be, be right like, he should be like joe thornton like he my, should, like that's what i could see in yeah this. my problem with this team is like i want to like them but i can't like sean Jersey and Mikey Anderson are dirtbag defensemen, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I don't want to cheer for them. I don't like them. Uh, but Kevin Fiala is a good hockey player. Arvinson, you said, in and out of the lineup. Um, follow and Adrian Kempe, they've got some offensive pieces there that are good players. Um, so, again, this is a team that has potential to be something really good or potential to be something um a little lackluster not yeah. the same way that we were talking about the minnesota wild because i don't want to give them the credit of saying that they're as good as minnesota but um kind of a similar situation i might say with a little bit less star power yeah um next up we've got the vegas golden knights ah. who uh, have, i mean use the word tumultuous uh, a little bit ago to describe the offseason. Who, who's the offseason you were describing that uh, had a tumultuous offseason? Um, oh, the Winnipeg Jets. Yes. 
The Vegas Golden Knights have had a tumultuous last like 36 months, you could say, <laughs> because it just seems like there's drama surrounding them no matter what. Um, coming Everyb- in, everybody's favorite team to hate. Yes, exactly. A 43-31 and eight record, and they missed the playoffs very famously. Uh, coming in, Air, uh, uh, Phil the Thrill from Arizona, Aiden Hill from San Jose, and the the biggest acquisition this offseason, Bruce Cassidy as their new head coach, um, going out uh, in, in a, a few big players of Getty Dadnov, Max Pacioretty, and Dylan Coughlin. Um, and, and Dylan Coughlin was like a throw in in that deal to get off of Patch Reddy's money. And like, from all accounts, like that's not a, a player you should be throwing into a deal. Um, yes. I also forgot Cody glass left the Vegas golden Knights. That was last off. Season. That was, that was last off season. Yeah. Fuck. Hey, keep yeah. up miles. Oh, it's, it's okay. Out. It's okay. But he also, he also barely played in the NHL last season. So that's fair. In, we forgot Shea Weber. Yes, the corpse of Shea Weber. Yes, as I famously yes. said. Yes, the 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 rotting the rotting worm worm filled corpse of of Shea Weber. Uh, no, so bad. Uh, notable so re- bad. notable resignings. I uh, Miles just wrote. I don't think they have any money. <laughs> uh, their first round pick, they don't have one. Um, I don't think this team will like ever have a first round pick ever again. Uh, and as for my breakout player. I went with Logan Thompson. Robin Leonard is out for the season, so this team is like already cursed. Uh, but Logan Thompson has that feeling of a guy that is going to probably win. Th- I fucking did it again. Um, we'll probably win like 30 games this season, and we'll probably have like a 920 save percentage, and then we'll all be like, oh, yeah, the Golden Knights are just continuously good again, and Bruce Cassidy is a really good head coach. Um, I hate this team. Yeah, it's very, very funny to me how they went from being like the darlings of the league and everyone was, they're so likable. They got so many, there's a bunch of players on this team that I like to being like, fuck you. The the Vegas Golden Knights are horrible. And it comes down to how like unloyal they were to their players. I think hockey is a sport where you can't, um, get by doing that. And I think that the fans will absolutely eat you alive if you do. And they certainly have the way that they handled the Marc-Andre Fleury situation and a number of things with their forward group. I don't know, just like Vegas Golden Knights, uh, bad juju. My breakout player that I picked is Sikuri Mananen. He is a left winger, no, centerman. Uh, 30 years old, he's coming out of the KHL, had 32 points last year. 52 points a year before that. He's a guy that has, he's a guy that has a lot of offensive upside to his game and losing Pacioretty and Dadnoff and a few of those other offensive pieces coming in. Maybe if he gets a replace uh, with Jack Eichel, who's also a centerman, so probably won't play on the same line as him, but who knows how they're going to slot him into this team where the pieces are going to fall. Um, just a player that I think has some offensive upside to his game and he's never played in the NHL before. So see how his game translates over to the smaller ice Vegas um Logan Thompson I don't love your pick to, between oh. the two of us oh thank you Canadian Canadian University goalie uh, not that that really means anything that's just where he came from um I don't think he's the real deal I don't think that he's gonna be particularly good I I'm not saying necessarily whether or not I actually believe he's going to be good. I'm just like, th- but does that not sound like a like a classic Vegas thing? 
Like they lose oh, the that goalie he just, that he just like pops and he's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that's that kind of that's kind of the angle where I was coming from. Okay, I I apologize. So you, yeah, Logan I, Thompson has has some off ice uh, issues as well. You, Alex, I apologize. I, I Alex, all I apologized. So Vegas, interesting team. Um, this is not a very hot take. This is a very lukewarm take at best. If they suck this year, heads roll. Oh, 1,000%. Kelly yes. McCrimmon's done, and this team needs a complete reset. I just hope they keep, who, well, they will. They'll have to keep Bruce Cassidy. That's a fantastic coaching hire. Yeah, 100%. No, I, I completely agree. I'm um, sure we'll talk more about Vegas, but I'm kind of done talking about Vegas. Yeah. Do you want to talk about another uh, flawed team? <laughs> the leeches lovers the vancouver canucks floor pie alex i'm sorry for what we're about to do to you boys or maybe not i don't know we'll get there 40 30 and 12 last year ended up missing the playoffs i think they started like 8 15 and something uh, when travis green was still in the house and then uh we're really just hampered by that because their back half with uh bruce boudreau was was quite quite good uh in colin delia Eli mikhev Andre Kuzamenko, why do you have fuck written? Oh, he was yeah. The guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and Dakota Joshua out. Yaroslav Halak, notable re-signing. They brought back TJ Miller, um, heart and soul of their offense. Guy that had nearly 100 points last year. Pretty good hockey player. It's a good move for them. Their first round pick with was Jonathan Lekramaki. Lekramaki, I think. Lekaramaki or Lekaramaki, I don't know. Lekaramaki, Swedish right winger. Uh, they like they love Swedes in Vancouver, going way back to the Sedin days, Marcus Naslund days, even. Yeah, it's true. a Swedish hotbed. Yeah. Um, my breakout player. Holy shit! <laughs> I pick guys, and I don't even know why. Vasily Podsglinsen. Podkolsen. I, that's not that hard. I don't know why I didn't even try. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Say it again. Vasily Podkolzin. Vasily Podkolzin. Yes, there you go. that's a good pick, and that's a that's a great pick actually. That's a really good pick because he slotted in with Garland and Horvat on the third line. Had twenty six points last year, and again playing with Garland and Bo Horvat, he could certainly have worse line mates. Oh, so, middle m- middle six center Bo Horvat. Who wants seven million dollars a season? The captain of your franchise. So yes, I think that he could have a breakout season playing with those guys. Unfortunately, I have to say Andre Kuzmenko. Um, okay, so for those who don't know the Kuzmenko story, speak. so Andre Kuzmenko was rep- is represented by Dan Milstein. The thought process behind Oiler fans as well as Oilers media was that. If the Oilers were to take on Evander Kane in the middle of the season last year and give him a second chance and kind of get his life together and get him a nice big contract, that then Milstein would work on Andre Kuzmenko, who was a uh, Russian free agent from the KHL, who is like a stud in the KHL. He's really, really, really good, like generates offense at a crazy clip. Um has probably anywhere from 60 to 80 point upside in the NHL. Like he's going to be pretty good at hockey. Um, Everyone thought that he was probably going to be an oiler because he was going to come over, sign his entry level with the oilers and that hoo-ha whole world works. 
turns out the Oilers re-signed Evander Kane, and then apparently Kuzmenko was wanting to know if he was going to have power play time. Yeah. And they kind of told him, like, we don't really know. Like, we've got Evander Kane back and all that shit. And he decided to sign with the Vancouver Canucks. So um, less than ideal. Um, I really wanted Andre Kuzmenko because I prefer guys that can generate offense on their own line rather than somebody that I, I get having Evander Kane is like a complimentary piece and he works really well with Connor McDavid. I get all that, but I really wanted somebody on this team that is able to generate offense or on their own. They can kind of put them anywhere you want in the lineup and they can make everyone around them better. So I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be a really dynamic offensive player. I might be overrating the like ceiling of Kuzmenko. Maybe he's not like an 80 point guy, but I think for sure he's going to be at like at least like a 60 point guy. And yeah, I'm just kind of bummed that he's not an oiler, but good for the Canucks, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's about time. Rare Canucks W. Yeah. Rare Canucks dub. Um, all in all, Vancouver, I don't know if I'm still sold on them. I think like, We've talked a lot about bounce back guys. They've got quite a few bounce back guys or players that have a very like must have bounce back season or else they're going to kind of look like ass. Elias Pettersson has to, has to take that step. He's, he's not like, I'm sick of hearing about how he's among the NHL's elite. Why don't you score more than 70 points, man? Yeah. If you're NHL elite, show us because you haven't really done anything since your rookie season. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily, not necessarily. I need to speak more absolutely. I don't love, I don't like straight up like their decor. Uh, Thatcher Demko, they put way too much pressure on him to be a freak of nature. He is, he's a very good goalie, but I mean, you can't expect this guy to play 70 games and stop 60 shots a game because you're just not an overall very good hockey team. So I don't know. I'm not big on the Canucks. I don't think they had a terrific off season. They got some good players in. We'll see how it all works out. But again, yeah, when we do our end of division rankings, um, Canucks, their decor also sucks. So take that L Canucks. Um, next up, we've got another team. That no, no. What? Um, all Rickman Larson was actually pretty good last year. <laughs> Every Canucks fan is going to scream in your ear I'm, just to I, tell, I, just to, to brainwash themselves into thinking listen, he actually I, was. If I had to come to terms with Duncan Keith, you have to come to terms with Oliver Ekman Lyson, okay? <laughs> there was a moment, there was a, there was a, there was that nice little, there's a nice little hint of optimism before last season started where I said, just what if, what if Duncan Keith might be kind of, might be kind of good? And, um, well, you know, you all know how, how that turned out. Um, he was uh, posterized by uh, um, by Arturi Lekkinen to close uh, to close at the Western Conference Finals. The San Jose Sharks, though, thirty two, thirty seven, and thirteen missed the playoffs. This is not a very good team coming in. They've got Luke Cunning, Oscar Lindblom, Nico Sturm, Matt the Answer Benning, Marcus Nudivara, and Evgeny Svechnikov going out. Um, the multiple-year veteran with the San Jose Sharks. I believe he played there for about 10 years in Brent Burns. He heads out and will take him and his fucking cattle farm with him to Carolina. <laughs> uh, notable, <laughs> notable re-signings. They famously had Thomas Hurdle re-sign at last year's trade deadline. And um, 
who else did they have resigned? I don't think they had anybody else resigned. Uh, as for their first round pick, Philip Bystet was their uh, was their pick. They didn't they didn't pick any higher. Oh wow, I thought they picked much higher. Uh, breakout player. He's been like a major disappointment at at every stop so far, but with Minnesota and then Nashville and now San Jose. I'm picking Luke Cunning just because he's going to be on the first line. So maybe he's got like 50 point upside to him. This team sucks. This team really, really, really sucks. Yeah. The, my favorite thing about the Sharks is just like the descent of Mark Edward Vlasic. Oh. How, he went, how he went from being like a Team Canada D-man, freak of nature, like this decor, unbelievable with Burns, Vlasic, and Carlson. Like that's probably three of the best defensemen in the NHL to what they are now where he's like, probably wouldn't be a starting bottom pairing he's guy like a, on a lot yeah, of other teams. He's like a seventh D he's yeah. like a seventh D bottom pairing guy. And when I say love the descent, I mean like hate it because of what he was. It's it's just too bad how I don't know if it's injuries or age or what the heck happened, but his game just seems to have fallen off of a cliff and it's 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 tough to tough to watch. But the um, breakout player that I've picked, and I don't know if I'd necessarily classify him as a breakout guy, but just Oscar Lindblom, man, uh, coming back from cancer and the way that things went in Philadelphia for him, I just would love the story to be Disney level happy at the end and just see him find a nice place in San Jose where he's able to contribute and be the player that he was supposed to be. He's still a young guy, still got a lot in the tank and just want to see oscar Lindblom be good and, and shove pro- up philly's ass prosper yeah and shove up philly's ass exactly yeah exactly um, man miles do you want to take the next team i sure would i want to say one more thing about san jose yes. um i know i didn't watch the games in europe but man those white sharks jerseys they got new like they changed up I'm their uniforms this year happy with them yeah they those white jerseys are clean sharks fans you you got a you got a good one in, in those new unis so would would not be upset if bedard was a shark yeah and friend of the show garrett uh shout out garrett big sharks guy um he's got a little bit of a yeah Got a little bit of a connection to the Bedard family as well. So oh, nice. he's, yeah, good dude. Um, big Sharks guy. And he is when, just, oh, he's dancing on his tippy toes when he talks about Connie, Connor Bedard being a shark. It's 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 cute. When's, when's the future Sharks captain coming on the pod then, Garrett? Come on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to pull some strings. Next episode is brought to you by Good Earth Coffee. Um, no free ads. No free ads. Next, uh, next up. The, the Ducks, the mighty Ducks of Anaheim, uh, as they were formerly known, 31, 37, and 14, who also missed the playoffs in Ryan Strom, John Klinberg, Frank Fatrano, and Trevor Zegers's vanity. On their way out, Sam Steele and Ryan Getzlaff, who retired. Sonny Milano as well. Sonny Milano also, yeah, he kind of got tiptoed out of town, eh? Yeah, and then signed a PTO in Calgary, and everyone's like, wow, they got a steal. And then he got uh, released. So he's a free That's agent tough. again. That's tough. He was, I remember him on the U.S. World Junior team. He was pretty damn good yeah. for one tournament. So Tough beat for bet. Sonny. Tough beat for Sonny. First round pick, Pavel Mintyukov, defenseman, played in the OHL, probably not from Ontario. Uh, Nathan Goucher, centerman from the QMJHL. Sure. Um, maybe Gaucher. Gaucher, yeah, add a little bit of add a little bit of uh, flambe to it. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, we like that. Um, breakout player, not really a surprise to anybody who has eyes, but Mason McTavish is going to be making the jump to the NHL this year. I'm very, very big on Mason McTavish, and I think that his game is going to translate very well to the NHL. It's going to jump onto a team with a lot of young offensive firepower, dynamic players to be around, and he's big, he's strong, he's got good instincts. I just see him fitting in immediately and being impactful. Calder watch. Yeah, he's he's a big boy. Um I've got Maxime Comtois. I think that this is a breakout or well kind of a bounce back but also a breakout for him. Uh he's on the first unit power play. He's going to be playing with like John Klingberg and Trevor Zegers and all those guys. Um yeah, I think there's just going to be a lot of opportunity for him to 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 really show what he's made of and 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 really live up to that sort of previous like world junior i mean i shouldn't be really mentioning team canada and world juniors right now it's kind of a tough beat um but i i think that there's a lot of there there's a lot of talent there and it's just it's just waiting to be broken out so i i'm, I'm gonna pick max comtois as my as my as my breakout guy um and finally in the pacific division well i shouldn't say finally we still got another big one uh we've got the seattle kraken <laughs> That's that's me sounding like a kraken. Um, snake. I'm a snake. Even though they're octopuses or whatever the hell. Um, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a water snake. Uh, twenty seven forty nine and six missed the playoffs. This team sucked last season. They were just not good. Um, coming in Oliver Bjorkstrand, Andre Burakovsky, Justin Schultz, and Martin Jones. Ooh. Um, outgoing Riley Shahan and Hayden Flurry. Uh, notable resignings. I th- oh the they should resign Jared McCann was a big one um their did he change round- his number too did he change his number i think he changed his number oh that, that's interesting i love a good number change um i'm gonna look that up while i'm also talking about this uh they also were able to nab themselves the presumptive first overall pick at number four overall in shane wright so that's pretty cool um because i mean uh oh uh jared mccann is 19 i think he was 19 last season so uh he, i i don't think he changed it unless oh maybe he was 16 before i'm not sure so okay i'm gonna spoil the surprise my brother-in-law is a big kraken guy he decided that that's where the route he was gonna go which is blasphemous to be in my family and and decide you're gonna be a kraken fan but it's fine it's okay i yeah he he did change his number yeah so yesterday at, at thanksgiving dinner we were talking and he's got you know, my dad got him a, a white Kraken jersey for Christmas last year. And I was like, oh, who, who are you going to put on it? And he's said, oh, I might do McCann. I've got like an inaugural season patch I want to put on it. And I like his new number, like, new number. And yeah, he was 16 last year. He changed to 19. I was like, oh, 19 is a steezy digit. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty cute to see. So I knew the answer. That's why I played it kind of cool. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. Oh, no, that's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team got Shane Wright. Like, that's that's huge. That's a massive acquisition for the for the future of the franchise. Um, breakout player. I've got Vince Dunn. Does that maybe count? He had like 35 points last season. I think he could maybe have upwards of 50 this season. He's pretty good offensively. Kind of a tire fire in his own end. But maybe, maybe there's something there. Um, I'm... I'm going to let it count because my breakout player is like probably the most like pumpkin spice latte of a pick you could have. And Seattle Starbucks. Yeah. See, there you go. Hey, 
one for one more than just uh more than just a couple of guys talking puck we got a, a little tongue-in-cheek going on as well hijinks, uh, hijinks is what i would call them <laughs> uh maddie Beniers. let's cut to, cut to the chase like he, he's nasty he's really good i think a lot of people see him being good so i'm not trying to act like i'm smarter than anybody i'm just Picking Maddie Beneers. He also goes. He also goes by Maddie, which is fucking so. Sick. Oh, that yeah. Okay, so it's sick to go by Maddie, but it's. Oh, I think his real name actually is Mikey. Mikey Anderson. Oh yeah, Mikey Anderson sucks. Be That's Michael. Yeah. He should be Michael, but Maddie. Maddie is steezy. Maddie is a steezy name. What about what about uh, uh, Maverick Lamaru or the hell's name is? He, is Dude. it cool to go by Mav? Ooh, Mav is cool. That's pretty gas. Yeah, I could. I like yeah. that. Yeah, this is Mav. Fuck, we are just return to the Mav. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Okay, where did Hayden Flurry go? I didn't know uh, that he left. Hayden Flurry went to. That's you. Some place that sucks. Uh, oh, Tampa Bay. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> that, that <laughs> that's place, ass. That place doesn't suck. Um. Yeah, so Hayden Flurry will probably be a really good defenseman in this season. That's kind of a loss for for the Kraken to to lose him. That's a young. Um, I don't know. I think that they have so many of these like tweener defensemen that they don't really have time to see if he's like a top four guy or anything like that. And I think that they've got so much depth up and down that it, it doesn't really make sense to hold on to him. So I think at the end of the day, it more so has to do with the fact that they probably could have taken better players from Carolina. But I mean, what can you do, right? Um, Miles, should we get to the headliner? <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, your Edmonton Oilers <sighs> finished last season with a 49, 27, and 6 record. As mentioned about 3,000 times on this podcast, they lost in four games to the Colorado Avalanche in the Western Conference Final after disposing of the Los Angeles Kings and Calgary Flames. Ooh, it feels good to say that. Dude, last night I made my mom and Taylor watch Connor McDavid's Game 5 goal. <laughs> That's stupid on brand for you. <laughs> I, 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 we, were, we were like watching clips on YouTube of just random shit. And I'm like, do you guys want to see porn? And I said, they're like, what? <laughs> we're not watching porn. And I said, just hold on. And then it's like, oh, you want to see, you want to see on... the goal, the goal that literally made Johnny Gaudreau leave Calgary? Oh my God, it, dude, it feels so good. The best part isn't even the goal. It's the celly. Oh. oh, we're so close to seeing more Connor McDavid celebrations. So good stuff. Big off season in Oilerville. This is what we've been waiting to talk about for two episodes. So uh, if you don't care about the Oilers, get the hell out of town. If you care about the Oilers, turn that speaker up just a hair. And uh, and and then I'll start talking in the mic like this. Get in here. We're excited. Everybody gather around. Okay. In Jack Campbell, Ryan Murray, Matthias Janmark. Dylan Holloway, James Hamlin, Jason Demers, PTO, probably going to get a two-way, whatever. Out, Mike Smith, not actually out, just like out, you know? Yeah, fake you out. Get it? You get it? Uh, Miko Koskinen, bye. Josh Archibald, bye. Kyle Turris, see in Florida. He's retired. That's the joke. He's not actually in Florida. I don't know where he is. Uh, Duncan Keith. BC. Chillin'. Zach Cassian, Chris Russell, Colton Sevier, Brendan Pierlini, and Derek Broussard. 
notable re-signings. Evander Kane. Nisipule Arvi. Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan McLeod, uh, Brett Kulak, and Jay Woodcroft, the, the, star of, uh, the star of our dreams. Doing a little lean. Doing a little lean. <laughs> Just waiting. Just waiting to, to catch you on the flip side. Uh, first round pick was 32nd overall, Reed Schaefer from Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL. Breakout players, Nolan. Let's let's we've done this a little bit different for the others because we have breakout players, bounce back players, big expectations players. Oh, what is that? Three B's? Is that the triple B's of the Edmonton Oilers? Maybe a couple of big ballers. And then we're gonna throw in our favorite offseason move and just shoot the shoot the shiz about the Oilers in the division. Um, breakout player for me, Ryan McLeod. Why do you think Ryan McLeod, Miles? Why, why not Ryan McLeod, man? We got flashes of this kid's potential oh. last season and how good he can be as a two-way dynamo, but also with some finishing ability and some offensive upside. Um, the kid has confidence now after playing with the Oilers for a little bit of time. Um, don't love how they handled him this offseason, but I'm happy they were able to bring him back. And I think that it showed... Um, the loyalty that he has to the team as well, not, you know, saying negative shit in the media or being a little baby about uh, Yamo. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's just a, he was like, yeah, I don't have front teeth and I'm just going to hang out and be a stud for you guys moving forward. So I see Ryan McLeod as having a stupid season where he's, you know, maybe not throwing up a crazy amount of points, but like shows everybody who ever doubted Ryan McLeod that they're, foolish for doing so wheels on and off the ice if you ask me straight up yeah uh my my pick i i kind of already talked about him a little bit before dylan kind holloway of? <laughs> kind of uh dylan holloway dylan Hornyway, as i call him in my house um i think that he's destined for a top six role skates really well has great offensive instincts has great defensive instincts as well um I just think that this is, I think, and this might be, this might be getting out of hand, but I think that there are real Calder considerations for Dylan Holloway this season. Um, Jay Woodcroft is not going to downplay him. Jay Woodcroft is not going to play him only nine minutes a game. He will get premium opportunities. He will get time maybe on second unit power play. He may get time on second unit penalty kill. Like there is going to be opportunity for Dylan Holloway to really make a name for himself. And I think that, that it all starts here. He's f- like full of confidence himself. Like you watch an interview with this guy, you watch any sort of press conference and he is fucking just, he's just a lightning bolt. He's just, he is so calm, so cool and is not afraid to work his ass off. And I'm very excited about that. Who is your bounce back player, Miles? My bounce back player should not be a surprise to any single person who has ever listened to the show before ever. Yes, Apuliarvi is going. You've heard it from me a few times, but this is the year that Puliarvi bounces back. Well, like breaks out. Another, he's a, he's a secondary breakout yeah. guy. And the reason I say that is because all of the proof is in the pudding in terms of numbers of what this guy can do. Last season, some bad puck luck. Um, injuries, not, COVID. injuries, COVID, not yeah. like having fucking um, Dave Tippett just 
hate him and the media treat him like shit and get in his head and mess him up. Uh, Daddy J is back. If he is able to stay on that first line with McDavid and Evander Kane, he is going to be a perfect little buzzsaw. Um, good winger accompaniment for Kane as a hard nosed, like physical guy. And from everybody who was calling him lazy and talking shit about him in the preseason, he definitely heard you uh, because he finished the preseason with like busting his balls for loose pucks, playing really hard and setting up goals. Like he's it's Jesse, a big lumpy knob. He's got the book. (laughs) Um, Can't imagine a more beautiful thing. Honestly, that, that last preseason game, I think was his best, was his actual best game he's played um, since probably the middle of last season. So um, really encouraging stuff to see from Yessa. Little tidbit about Yesse. He had his interview with the Oilers media, and I don't know if it was Spectre. I don't know which dink it was, but somebody was like, "Just gonna be the year, Jesse." Like, why do you think? Why do you think this year is gonna be different, or something? Or is this gonna be the year? It was the ultimately the question they were saying. Like, are you are you finally gonna be good? And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and just suck the it. way suck it back. <laughs> Basically, just the way that he answered it was similar to that, like Leon Dreisaitl interview from like where he's like, no, I'm not. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Where like this kid knows what's being said about him in the media. He knows what the fans think about him. And he's ready to he's ready to do his thing. He's going to cook. Let Yesse cook. I completely agree. Uh, my bounce back player is Ryan Engine Hopkins. Um, yeah. I, I think was going to by- ask you, but you go. I think by his standards, he'd like to have that one back, uh, as they would say about Mike Smith. He'd like to have that one back. Um, but Nuge is interesting. He's very cerebral. He's a very smart player. He's a good skater. He's got, once again, I mentioned this with Dylan Holloway, great offensive instincts. He plays a really important role on this team. But especially the five-on-five numbers, have been super disappointing for Nuge. I think you expect somebody of his pedigree and his talent to score a little bit more, especially at five-on-five. And I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a return to to a near 30-goal pace, maybe anywhere from 60 to 75 points this season. Like, this is a really good player, and if you if he can take advantage of those matchups where he's playing against the other team's third-best line, then... We're going to see something really good from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's not going to be saddled with playing with Josh Archibald anymore. Don't worry. He's gone, Ryan. He's, he's gone. He can't hurt it's you okay. anymore. It's okay. You can come out now. Yeah, you, 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 you can come out and play. It's going to be all right. Um, but I, 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 have, I have more than enough faith in Ryan Nugent Hopkins that he's, going to, that he's going to take that step, and he's going to be a really crucial piece to this team for this upcoming season. We wanted them to keep Nuge forever. They kept Nuge forever. It's time for Nuge to be happy and healthy and thrive. And that third line center role for him is going to be, is going to be a okay. I'm excited. Okay. Nolan, uh, big expectations player, the triple B, the, the crown. Um, my reasoning when I came up with this idea or kind of what I saw the big expectations thing being was not so much like, um, like more of a hype up thing, but kind of like a a microscope thing, more of like the spotlights on you and like fans, management, teammates, the NHL, 
If the Oilers are the Oilers are a contender, okay? They were a team that went to the Western Conference. And I'm not saying okay to convince myself. I'm saying okay to like make anybody out there listening who might not agree with me just shut it for a second. This is a team that's contending for a Stanley Cup this year. The the window is open for the second time in two episodes. We're saying it. So the NHL is going to be watching. It's hard not to watch when you have the best player in the world and one of the other best players in the world leading your team for the past few years. A lot of media attention is going to be put on this team this year with the changes that they've made. And one of the players that has a very big contract kicking in this year that is going to have the spotlight on him is big, bad Darnell nurse. Like I said, he's getting a pay raise this year. He is the undisputed number one defenseman on this hockey team. He's big physical, has some offensive upside to him. Um, He's a leader on this team. The list goes on and on and on. Darnell nurse needs to, if not play up to play, like for the value of his contract, because Fuck, dude, I don't know if he can. That's a really big dollar amount. He needs to at least play close to it. There can't be any room for middling or for him to be anything less than what he needs to be on that team. And that is like an undisputed number one defenseman. Darnell Nurse needs to be that consistently. And there's going to be some big expectations around him performing. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. it's he got the bag he wanted the bag he got the bag and i'm really hoping that this just means that connor mcdavid and leon dry settle are oilers for the rest of their careers because that's a big reason why you give darnell that much money is because he's tight with those two um but yeah you're right it's put up or shut up time for 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 uh uh darnell nurse like you have to perform like you, you have to play like that proper number one defenseman. Kale McCarr is making the same amount of money that you are, and you are not even in the same stratosphere as that player. So, I'd love to see it. I, I think that we're never going to get the highs of a of, of the offensive capabilities of Darnell Nurse, but at least turn into that shut down proper number one defenseman that can take on any team's best players and be effective against those players. I don't want him like. I don't want him to be that guy that they give 27 minutes to and he just like is competent. Like you have to be elite. You have to be elite at something. And if Adam Pellick only makes like five and a half million dollars and he's arguably the best defensive defenseman in the league, then you should be able to do that. At least that. So I completely agree with you. Um, my big expectation guy is Jack Campbell. I don't think there's any higher expectation than on an Edmonton Oilers starting goaltender, and especially a starting goaltender that just got $25 million while Stuart Skinner is in the backup waiting for that opportunity. Um, Skinner has no pressure on him. Skinner just has to be a backup, and, that, and that's it. Um, if Jack Campbell falters, Stuart Skinner will come for that job, and he will not want to give it back. And I think that this upcoming season is imperative that Jack Campbell sets his sets sets a high standard in Edmonton and is that consistent nine fifteen to nine twenty five goalie that the front office seems to think that he can be. Um, I hope that we don't get into a situation where maybe his numbers were inflated by um, Toronto's defensive system, but. Um, you talk to a lot of goal, you talk to a lot of former goalies and a lot of former goalies seem to like his technique and to, and seem to think that he's a genuinely great goalie. 
So I hope that's the case. But like I said, it, it, this is there's a ton of pressure put on him, and it's about seeing if he can live up to the billing. Um, hundred percent. Jack Campbell has a lot of question marks around him coming into this team. Um, last season, and he, he, he was he was uh, Jekyll and Hyde last year for Toronto, right? Like if we split that season up for him. Um, first half, he was fantastic. Toronto was nasty. He was an NHL all-star, yada, yada, yada. And then Toronto even just kind of like as a team fell apart a little bit for a bit in the back nine. And Jack Campbell, I, I feel like kind of got scapegoated for a lot of what some of the bigger flaws on that team were in terms of like effort and accountability from their core. And Jack Campbell ended up being the like I said, scapegoat where he was getting the one getting shit. He's 30 years old. He was a first round pick in 2010 by the Dallas stars, 11th overall. Mm -hmm. Since then he has played 135 games in the NHL. Okay. This is a young man. Nolan. <laughs> he, here's a guy who's got a lot of gas left in the tank. I think that he is happy to be out of Toronto. He's such a likable dude. Cat dad, nice guy, funny, everything that you want in a personality for a goalie. He's kind of weird. Like he's he's just he's fucking he's Jack Campbell. He's a weird dude. Um, but Toronto fans loved him for the personality that he was, the kind of player that he is. I think that he is going to be a, a breath of fresh air and a fantastic teammate and a great leader from the back end for that decor where instead of having Mike, Mike Smith screaming at Mike you, shit. <laughs> yeah. when Mike would, when Mike would freak on you for a turnover and a goal, Campbell's going to be like, Hey, you know, buddy, that's okay. Like we're going to get it figured out next. We're going to get it figured out. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Let's, you know, finish the period off and talk about it in the dressing room because he's such a good teammate between him and Zach Hyman. I don't know if there's two like more optimistically positive dudes you'd want in the dressing room yeah for so, 100 percent. Yeah. i think that the benefit that this guy has for this team outside of just being a hockey player and just being a person is going to go a long way to having this core gel and having these guys want to go to battle for him and you know having some defensemen play up because they want to support their goalie which is an underrated thing i know that that's a very old head hockey take but like if you love the boys if you love going to battle for them and you have a goalie that you would take a freaking bullet for and want to support and want to help, you're going to block some rubber. You're going to try a little bit harder and you're going to make sure that you're making that first pass read a little bit clearer so that the puck's not coming back the other way. So he's not getting roasted. Yeah. It, it's the other thing I've noticed too, is that even in the preseason, he's made already some like highlight reel saves, nasty glove save against and the it, uh, Canucks and it, Filthy. It, it makes me really happy to see that. Cause it's like, this guy could easily just like, could just give up on the preseason and not give a shit. And he's trying to show that he fucking cares about this team already. And that's, mm. that, that that's huge. That's really exciting. So, um, yeah, I, I, really hope the best for Jack Campbell just for not only for the Oilers sick, but also like you said, he just seems like a great guy. And um, you know, it's it's where I I I made fun of the whole soupy thing then they called them soupy in Toronto and all that stuff. I thought it was so lame and now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm 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 one of those laymen. So I it's it's okay. He's now an oiler. I will I will treat him as such. So you, Zachary you, Moore. 
Zachary Martin Hyman is a children's author. Jackery Campbell is a, um, I don't know. We got to figure that out. And we're going to figure it out. Is a warm, is a warm bowl of soup. He's a hug on a, he's a, he's soup for the soul. Oh, there you go. Soup, soup for the soul. Soup for the soul. There's there's a, there, there's some like chicken chicken noodle soup for the soul or whatever or chicken soup for the soul sort of bits that we can go off of there. Um, our favorite off season moves. Um, Miles, you want to give yours? <laughs> I'm looking at yours for the first time, and I think it's really funny. Um, my favorite off season move for the Oilers was bringing back Brett Kulak, and. Let's turn the time back a little bit here and go back to the oh, days leading up so to free scary. agency where it was it was the night before free agency and all through the house, not a creature was stirring and Brett Kulak wanted the fuck out. And I thought they were going to sign Ben Sherratt. Yeah, <laughs> it, sound, it sounded like Evander Kane was leaving and Nolan and I did a panic episode where we're like, no, it, yeah, it's okay. We don't want him anyway. He's a bad guy. And then... <laughs> Brett Kulak, while we were recording, was like, yeah, I'm actually not coming back to Edmonton. And we're like, Ken, you fumbled the bag, you idiot. Uh, went to bed angry, woke up the next morning, and TSN notification, uh, or no free ads, hockey notification, Evander Kane signs a deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Brett Kulak signs a deal with the Edmonton Oilers. And we're like, yes, let's go. But Brett Kulak was great for the Oilers last year when he came over at the deadline was fantastic in the playoffs, is a great defensive defenseman that can move up and down your lineup for injuries or matchups or like pairing chemistry, however you want to put it. I really like Brett Kulak, hometown guy, was really sad at the prospect of not having him moving forward. And when he came back, it just felt like sigh of relief. Okay, everything's going to be okay. There's hope for the Oilers. This is this is fine. This is good. The the fire of the meme of the dog sitting in the house on fire. This is fine. Gra- gr- grabbed the fire extinguisher, put yeah. it all out and was like it's a, it's not bad. We will live. Yeah. He's he's straight up like a security blanket. Like he's he's he just kind of covers up a lot of a lot of miscues among the Oilers decor and he genuinely makes Tyson Berry look like a pretty good defenseman so that's that's like that's a t- task among itself um my favorite offseason move was duncan keith retiring <laughs> uh maybe not necessarily a move but um probably the best piece of news that came out uh during this offseason was duncan keith retiring uh my relationship with duncan keith is a little complicated i do believe that he probably <laughs> provided a little bit of value with regards to this team and like teaching them how to win and like all that like hockey intangibles bullshit um but there's also like uh the whole um you know uh uh, not not cooperating with the sexual assault case the whole like vaccine thing and all that good stuff um but all in all um like i said i think that he did provide value to this team but i'm just i'm i'm happy he's moving on um, I would say in second place is probably the Zach Cassian trade. I think that was a nice tidy piece of work by Ken Holland moving back only like three spots in the draft. Now, with that being said, could we be looking at a situation where Brad Lambert um, is going to be somebody that they could have gotten there and Brad Lambert turns into a star? Who knows? Um, but ultimately, they were able to move off that contract, still keep that first round pick and... Uh, and they were able to uh, just develop a little bit more cap space for them to make more moves this offseason. So I'm a little I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't more there wasn't more splashy things. Like I know that they signed Yanmark, but like 
you know, would it have, would it have killed you to trade for Connor Brown? Would it have killed you to make a to pull the pull the trigger on that Jacob Chickard move that everybody has been talking about? Like, it's just I don't know. I just I really want something like that. I want that big move, that big all in move, and we I feel like we don't have that yet. Um, just playing around in free agency, I don't think is enough. I think that Ken Holland has to activate the trade market a little bit and see what's out there. So, um, I'm excited. Um. We obviously went through a lot of these, and um, I, I at the end of the day, I, I will say I think Brett Kulak coming back is my absolute favorite thing that happened this offseason. So that's that's the that's that's easy. Like he's he's so good. Um, he signed to like a sweetheart contract. Um, I I just I think that he's exactly what this team needed. Um, I think it's a pretty interesting outlook though for this season i think that there's going to be some ups and downs i think coming in with a lot of the expectations they're going to have um with regards to like this is a stanley cup contender now at this point like you said is going to probably wane on this team a little bit um especially when the going gets tough especially when jack campbell has a couple of stinkers in a row um and when and and ultimately when a little bit of that sort of that that um discomfort sort of starts in the season and it'll really go to sh- it'll really go to show how much of a you know competent head coach Jay Woodcroft is uh, for how his team's bounce bounce back from adversity but Man, I think we saw quite a bit of that in the playoffs if they can bounce back from that horrible November December they had like the tippet run oh this team can handle a little bit of mid-season slumping and a little yeah. bit of expectations Two players that we have not talked about very much because they get talked about a lot. And I want to get to our Pacific Division um, projections as well. But we would be remiss if we did not at least talk about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Good players. Dude, (laughs) they're going to be able to handle a little bit of, of pressure, a little bit of spotlight, a little bit of cup contender. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. And are going to go one, two in scoring. They're gonna. I, I don't necessarily know if they're gonna go one two in scoring, but I know for sure that they the the one the one wish on my the one wish on on my fucking Christmas list this year is for Jay Woodcroft to chill out on the minutes for Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. If they can get away with playing McDavid and Drysaddle like nineteen minutes a game or yeah nineteen minutes a game this season, maybe Connor doesn't put up the hundred and fifty point season. That's fine. We don't we we don't need that. We don't need it, Connor. If 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 Leon's not putting up the hundred hundred and ten point season, that's okay, Leon. We we don't need that. If we get balanced scoring up and down the lineup, and sky's the limit. Go into this offs and go into the playoffs where everybody is like rested and recuperated and ready to go. And this team can go as far as those two can take them, and the sky is the limit for those two. So I'm. I'm so excited for for what what they could possibly do. I I do genuinely think that Connor McDavid is going to score 50 goals this season. I the reason I say one two in scoring is just because of the play things that they're going to have this year. Yeah, like, like they're, the they're balance, stupid. The balance that the team actually has, the offensive upside that they've got around them. I'm just very very excited. With that being said, Nolan, um, let's do Pacific Division projections. Okay. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. This is an Edmonton Oilers podcast. We're obviously very Oilers heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is hard for me to say. I knew it because I have the same thing. 
you have the Edmonton Oilers being first overall in the division because that's what I got. Oh, I'm no, a fucking lifer, baby. No, I don't. I got the oil. I got the Oilers in first. I got Calgary in second. I got Vegas in third. L.A. in fourth. Vancouver in fifth. Anaheim in sixth. Seattle in seventh. And San Jose in eight. Uh, okay. Uh, I have. The Calgary Flames taking first in the division. Wrong. I have the Edmonton Oilers second, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. So it's all good. It's okay. I have the LA Kings in third place. So I have basically just a retread of last season. In fourth place, I have the Vancouver Canucks. However, I do not have them making the playoffs. Yeah, the two out of Central. I have the two out of Central. So that means that even though I besmirched them, I have the Nashville Predators going back to the playoffs. Yeah, you do. Um, I have the Vegas Golden Knights in fifth. I think that the lack of goaltending is going to sink them despite Bruce Cassidy's best efforts. I have the Seattle Kraken in six. Um, I think that there's a lot of really good players on that team. And I think that the 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 barrier is... Is just it just it's too high for them. Like it, it it's just I just don't think that they can be nearly as bad as they were last season. They had a lot of really bad goaltending luck. Um, I have the Anaheim Ducks in seventh. I think that they're going to be a really fun offense. I think they're going to score a shitload. But this reminds me of like decade of darkness Oilers. Like I think that there's some competent talent on that team, but. There's a lot of uh, a lot of guys that only know how to play one way on the ice, and I think John Gibson is going to be absolutely shelled by his teammates. Um, and then I have the San Jose Sharks in last place. I think yeah. San Jose is going to be really bad. I, I had a very hard time going between Seattle and Anaheim for seven, and I yeah. think that it's going to be pretty damn close. I think that can be a flip flop either way. Um, I think LA is like pretty gritty, shitty, going to be hard to play against kind of team. So that again, and like LA Vancouver, I could flip flop as well. I just ultimately think that LA is going to be a better hockey team and are going to finish ahead of them by a couple. You points. have you have LA making the playoffs, right? Um, no, I don't. Really? So you have okay? So you have? I'm uh, the same as you. I think two are going to come out of the are going to come out of the central again. I think the central's just like. So you got have, a little bit too much. You, you also have a team that you besmirched making the playoffs. Then, who did I besmirch? Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ah, actually, you know what? No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. So you have LA Edmonton, Cal- Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, and LA are going to make the playoffs, and then from the Central, you're going to have Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Nashville. Okay. I like it. It's good to see. Good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think. I had to put a little bit of respect on Vegas's name. I, as much as it hurt me, I I do think that they're going to clean up that third spot. I don't want them to, but you're probably right. Um, Miles, did you have any other thing you wanted to mention regarding our previews, or should we uh, get into our last two things and then close this close this shit out? I want to hear you complain. Okay, so. First and foremost, actually, there's it's kind of like a double complaint. So first and foremost, um, can we like um, it'd be well? Actually, it's kind of like a triple complaint because 
the two things that I'm going to mention first and foremost are like real life. So um, number one, um, the I don't know if you saw the whole Steve Simmons thing and how he like basically tried to say that like Akeem Aliu is wrong in his in his uh, um, in his uh, claims that he's been blackballed from the league. He basically is like, oh, um, what does it have to do with being with being black when Wayne Simmons was in the league for so long? Um, I, I personally think, uh, especially, like, I don't believe that a lot of, like, white guys should be commenting on the racial experiences of black hockey players. I just don't think that that's your lane to really speak about, first and foremost, Steve. Um, so, big fuck you goes up to Steve Simmons. Um, Akeem Aliyu posted a video on Twitter responding to these claims. And uh, really, really, like, really poignant to hear from, from Akeem Aliyu. And so, um, big big one-for-one support to Akeem Aliyu. Uh Secondly, um, it'd be really nice if the hockey, like, hockey stuff could just, like, stop being gross for a little while. We obviously had the claims against Ian Cole earlier on tonight, uh, earlier on today that are being investigated by the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. That's just... The, the claims are disgusting and really gross and I really... I would love it to not be true, but that's one thing that just... I can't believe that it's just being so widely known and widely uh maybe not accepted by everybody but like widely just nonchalantly talked about is pretty fucked up and secondly um obviously we mentioned off the top the bakersfield condors fired their uh fired their trainer um who was just busted for uh, soliciting sex from a minor like holy shit man this like uh, hockey is just too real of a sport apparently cuz it's like there's something new coming out all the time and it's it's so exhausting and then especially too with the whole hockey canada stuff going on right now we obviously haven't gotten into it too much i think that there's a lot better um a lot better avenues to gain that to gain that access and gain that th- those those opinions and those discussions because we're just a couple of guys that make fucking jokes and talk about how shitty other hockey teams are and stuff like that. And I think that there are really important discussions to be had about things like the hockey Canada situation. And if I could point you to any, um, you know, obviously any of the news outlets following Rick Westhead, Katie Strang's, uh, you know, uh, Katie Strang's articles on the athletic TSN, everything like that. If you can get out any of your information from there, there's a lot of stuff coming out and it's just, it's, it's moving moving so quickly. So I want to just mention that right off the hop in a less serious note. Um, miles, I think that the concert going experience should be like, I like, I can't believe that there is such a monopoly on the concert going experience. Um, what do you usually use when you buy tickets to a concert? Um, Ticketmaster? Yeah, 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 Ticketmaster. So I purchased tickets to, so the, one of my favorite bands, the Arctic Monkeys, announced that they were going on a North American tour. Um, I know I'm basically a white girl at this point. Um, they it's not a bad thing. No, they're, they're really good though. Um, shout, out, so, shout out white, shout out white girls. Yeah. Shout out, yeah. Shout out, shout out the, shout out the Queens. Um, <laughs> But sorry, shout out white girl culture. That can be yes, any. That's what yes, I mean. I'm not. Yes. I'm not a supremacist. Sorry, there, keep going. There you go. Um, yeah, stick her foot in her mouth. Um, anyways, Arctic Monkeys go announced they're going on North American tour. 
really excited about this. They say, yeah, we're going to do a pre-sale. So we did the pre-sale for, uh, for Arctic Monkeys. And it's for Wednesday, August 30th. So I do this pre-sale process. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm one of the, f- I'm, I, like, they put out that email for the pre-sale. For the for the special fan presale, I get the acceptance to to be a part of this presale. I get in there like twenty minutes early. There's four thousand people in front of me in line, which is fucking problematic to say the least. I get in, barely any tickets available. I'd settle for stupid lawn seats at fucking Budweiser stage. Yikes! Purchase four lawns because you know what? I'm going with Taylor. I'm going with my buddy Brandon and his girlfriend. It's gonna be great. So then that same day, Arctic Monkeys announced, yeah, we're doing the second show, but it's on a Friday instead of a Wednesday. Way so, sicker. Way better, much easier for everybody. So I'm thinking to my, so like, what do you logically think in this situation, Miles? Like, I'm going to buy tickets and I'm going to just sell my old ones, right? Like, does that not make sense? Makes so, sense. So I, I get in the queue and there's no fan presale for this one. It's just public sale at 10 a.m. on a Friday. Get in. There's uh right right when it opens up, I have twenty three twenty three hundred people ahead of me in line. I'm like, all right, like that's not as bad as it was last time. Like whatever. So get get through. I select or I try to find the best tickets. I find four in the two hundred, and where it is 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 that it's at Budweiser stage, so it's like an amphitheater. Two hundred is basically like besides like general admission, it's basically like the first set of seats that you can get to. So. I got I got four and two hundred. Go to put it through. Select. Yeah, we're good to go. Sorry, another fan has stolen your tickets. I'm like, what? How does this happen? Why is it available to me then? So then I select another set of two hundred tickets. Oh, sorry, another fan has scooped these up. Set an, select another. Oh, sorry, another fan has scooped these up. So I did this like probably twenty times, and then eventually I waited like two minutes and just kind of let it all sort of. I just refreshed everything. Eventually got my eventually got my four tickets fucking got him good to go in done so now i'm going on so now i'm going on that friday last night i go to um check out how much i could get for my for my lawn seats because it's sold out for the lawn for that wednesday show ticketmaster does not give me an option to either sell or transfer the tickets so i'm like what the hell i look into it i send ticketmaster an email and said hey like can i can i do this oh Due to the request of the event organizer, you cannot transfer or sell these tickets. So I am not able to sell the tickets I picked up for the 30th, even though they announced the Friday show like after those tickets went on sale. So I didn't even have a choice. So now I'm stuck with four tickets to Ticketmaster, or sorry, four tickets on a Wednesday show that I'm not going to be going to. So. My 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 big my big shout out, and I know this is probably very complicated and kind of a kind of a definitely a big first world problem. But like, man, fuck Ticketmaster. I hate Ticketmaster with a burning passion. Like, it's like there's always something new and there's always something wrong with their fucking service, and it's garbage. So Ticketmaster can eat shit. Yeah, f you, Ticketmaster. Um, Regina doesn't get good enough concerts for that to actually be an issue. So. And I, again, don't have a whole lot of experience with Ticketmaster because I'm, uh, as you can probably imagine, uh, a bit of a laggard. So if somebody's doing, uh, if, if we're organizing a concert thing, I just let one of the like super go-getter friends or girlfriends be like, 
buy the tickets and then I just e-transfer them. So I don't really uh, ever get smart, to deal smart with Ticketmaster. So I'm glad I do that because hearing what you've been through would not make me want to do that very badly. Um, fuck you, Ticketmaster. Sponsor us if you want to, and we will change our opinion for a fee. Um, anything else you'd like to complain about, Nolan? Anything you want to get off your no. back? No, I think I, I think I got it all. I, I, I got a little bit of not so serious, and then I got a little bit of serious in there. So I think we're all good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing off of your serious that is hockey news that I would like to just say because it happened not too long ago. Uh, it sounds like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be moving on from Wayne Simmons and have done the gentlemanly thing of trying. They, they're essentially looking for the right move for the player. They want yeah. to do right by him and ship him off to a team that's going to use him in a place that he actually wants to go to. So it's good that the, the Leafs, although he might not fit into their plans, are looking to do, again, right by the player and, and put him into a situation that he wants to be in and a situation that's good for him. So, um, well, you know, some players, some black hockey players might not have the best um, – Situate or best experiences with teams. At least the Leafs are doing the right thing with with Wayne Simmons and the legend uh, in the hockey community and a good player in his own right. So it's I'm excited to see where he goes and what he's able to do on whichever new team he ends up with. So shout out Wade Simmons. Nolan, yes, Miles. Switching gears here a little bit. Got a lot of positive feedback on the rock star of the week from last week, and a few people have made some suggestions. I did not take them. I found my own rock star. I told you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a rock star, Nolan. And the term rock star gets thrown around a lot these days. But someone who emulates the true meaning of the word, the reason for the season, as it were, is a, a, a young man from Nebraska, Dwayne Hansen. Great name. Great name. Dude, didn't see a picture of him, but a Dwayne Hansen sounds like a guy with uh, with like a handlebar mustache and a fucking wicked tribal tattoo. I'm just, and like a bandana or something like he has a Harley has a Harley for sure. Um, That's but he, a nice motorcycle. <laughs> little house in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Dwayne Hansen from Nebraska celebrated his 60th birthday and just casually decided that he was going to set a world record while turning the big six zero. When he turned a 846-pound pumpkin that he grew himself into a boat and then paddled it 38 miles downriver to Nebraska City. Let's unpack that for a minute because there's a lot to take in here. A 60-year-old man grew nearly a 900-pound pumpkin and carved it into a vessel, a sea-bearing vessel that he paddled 38 miles. You just like roll it in? Roll like, oh, I probably have to draw. I probably have to have a couple of buddies help him drop it in. 38 miles times 1.7. Got a hydraulic jack that's in there? That's nearly 65 kilometers. Like that's far. That's like Regina to Fort Capel. And, and, and you'd know that drive pretty well. Yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> fine. But like, that that's that's a lot of upper body work so he paddled this big fucking pumpkin uh, down to, from his town to nebraska city what was his inspiration do you think just to get yoked 
just to get peeled. No, he's already peeled. Handlebar mustache, sick tribal tattoo, rides a lot of motorcycles. He doesn't need to impress anybody. He did this simply because he wanted to beat the previous world record of 30 miles, which is held by a man from Ohio. Oh, one so for one headquarters. Dwayne Hansen, Rockstar of the Week, because he grew a sick pumpkin, paddled the ever-loving shit out of it, and hates Ohio. This guy is a certified rock star. Took him 11 hours to do it, and he, this is the cherry on top. He named his pumpkin boat the SS Berta. Berta? Alberta? Oilers? I don't know, Dwayne. Want to hang out with the boys? Sip a couple BLs? Maybe you're a Bush Light guy. You're from Nebraska. You drink Bush Light. Dwayne Hanson, rock star of the week. I love it, Miles. Thank you. And I hope those listening like it as well. Nolan. Yes. Fucking late. It is really late. It's 1.49 a.m. here. Shout out to, it's almost midnight here. Shout out to Superior Time Zone. Shout out to anybody who's made it through this in one sitting. You are in consideration for Rockstar of the Week next week. Nolan, is there anything else you'd like to say or can I wrap this up? Uh, my mother is snoring right next to me right now. <laughs> she's sleeping in the basement. Oh no, I feel so bad for that. Shout oh, she, Pat. She, she can't hear a word. Shout out to Pat. Yeah, shout out to Pat. Nolan? Yes. The NHL starts this week for North American people. The Oilers have two games this week. They play on October 12th, home opener against the Vancouver Canucks. And then we get a big taste of boa hockey, baby, on October 15th. That is a Saturday. I have a friend that is going to the home opener. So shouts out. I hope that it's a good game and and you enjoy it and everything goes smoothly and that the Oilers Wind. send you home send you home with a W. Feels good to say this, Nolan. How do you think the week's gonna go? What's your project prediction? Let's go, let's go. I'm fucking going off on all cylinders. Two and zero. It's a two and zero week. It's a two and zero week for me as well. Yeah. The boys, the boys are fired up. The boys are fired up. It's hockey season. It's Oilers hockey season. Um, does Dylan Holloway score his first career NHL goal in the first game? He scores it on Thatcher Demko, and he goes high blocker. Horny for Holloway. <laughs> Let's start that as a hashtag. Oh, Actually, hashtag I might, I might, I might even do, I might even do that every time he scores. I might, I might, I might start that for this season on the Twitter. Horny for Holloway. I would like to see that take off on Oilers Twitter. That'd be very, really very badly. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah, let's go. Nolan? Maybe like the picture of him with like his like weed necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yes, Miles. Anything else you want to say? No. I'm really excited, and also I'm, I think I'm I think I'm experiencing an out of body experience from being so tired. <laughs> well, let's get you out of here. Thanks everybody for tuning in to season three, episode two of the One for One podcast, home of hot takes and even hotter listeners. As always, go Oilers, go go Oilers, go. go.